Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode again of Journey Through Time and Stuff, or however that saying goes. I don't know. I forget all the time. It's my first time doing it. You know what that feels like? You know what it feels like to think that you've done something forever, and then all of a sudden, it's your first time ever doing it again. That's what doing this podcast damn near every time I start it feels like. Six years go by, yet my mouth is like, how do I start things? What words do I say? Do they mean things? Do words mean words? What does meaning mean? Oh, your brain just goes places. I'll tell you where my brain just came from. Oh boy, do I have a story for you all. I just had... Actually, no, I need to welcome my guest first because this needs to be be bantered between versus just uh, espoused to. So I will welcome by saying this guest of mine, who art thou lofty in height, joins me nigh tonight to... Um, talk about stuff, stuff, and f- flap jaws and and God, I I thought that felt so good when I started, but then it just my brain went, <laughs> hey man, literally this is my thought process. I started saying it, it sounded good, I was rhyming, and my brain was like, applause, like it started just giving me the round of applause for that that first victory. And all mm-hmm. of my mental capacity went to congratulating myself, and then nothing went to continue. <laughs> Stop thinking about what you're going to say. My brother, Rusty Singleton, welcome to the podcast, sir. Hello, man. It's been a while. It has been quite some time. Um, where I want to, what I wanted to start with is well, here's where my brain came. I think I just had the single greatest peanut butter and jelly sandwich I've ever had. Okay. In my life. All right, let's talk about that. Yeah, here's here's how it happened. Here's how it happened. So, as as my, the listeners out there know, because I've rambled about it many times, and as Rusty knows, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches go way back. Dude, there's times, you know, we're both in our mid-30s now. There's times, even today, that it's just nothing hits like a PBJ, and that's just the thing that you need. I that's can- it. I can remember specific peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I had as a kid. Yes. They're so meaningful, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've tried them all. I've tried every kind, every kind of bread, every type of peanut butter, every type of fucking jam, I thought. Uh, do you toast it? Don't you toast it? Do you put butter or not? Is it honey butter? Do you just do butter and then it's honey because that's different than honey butter? You know, yes, what what combinations, what things do you – there's so many ways and so many attempts and so many tries and many of them rank high on the loft of, of just top-tier category peanut butter mm-hmm. and jelly sandwiches. But I today went to a thing called Portland Snack Feet, Snack Fest. And it is a convention. It's like a Comic Con or something like that, but for foodies and snacks in particular. Mm. And so they had many a food cart and many a things you could try and snacks. I tried today for the first time ever. Imagine you have. That good old reliable canned whipped cream. Sure. Shake it, turn it upside down. Aerosol, yeah. Mm -hmm. That sprees out. Well, what if I told you you could get marshmallow in one of those cans? Oh. 
And it okay. comes out at the consistency of whipped cream. It is dairy free. It is low in but sugar. It's marshmallow. But it's marshmallow. And then you you spray it on, and then you take a torch and you torch it, and it instantly, okay. instantly p- turns that perfect marshmallow brown, and it is exactly a toasted marshmallow sprayable topping that you can put on anything and everything. I was going to say, that sounds like something I'd want to put on ice cream. I want to put it on ice cream. I'd want to put it in coffee, on top of coffee. I'd want to put okay. it... I'd want to put it um, on like a nice, like a uh, like some dr- like alcoholic beverage of some kind that deserves. Oh, sure, dude. Like, a, like a, you put that on like a white Russian. Oh, really see what that I'm saying? Really good. A hundred percent. But in in my perusings and wandering throughs and having a few IPAs and enjoying snacks upon snacks, I came across across this. It's called Annie's Jams. The the lady's okay. name was Annie, and she makes jam. Okay. Gotcha. And she infuses jams with peppers. Okay. I've 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 heard of such things. Me too, and I've tried many of them, and I've always been mm-hmm. like, yeah, I get it. It's okay, you know. It's yeah. it, I get what's going on here. And right. I tried a you got couple, a little bit of the sweet, you got a little bit of the hot, yep, kind of mixed yep. in. And I tried a couple of hers, and I was like, "Yeah, I see what's going on here." And then over on the side, I see not center where it sh- where I think there's something of this treasure, but off to the side, I see raspberry and serrano. Okay, serrano peppers are not notoriously hot. They have a wonderful no, flavor. Good. They have a wonderful flavor yes. to them. They're mild. And I went, mm-hmm. can I try that raspberry serrano? She goes, oh, yeah, sure. Opens a jar that looked like it had barely been tried. The peach had been tried. Right. The apricot had been tried. All these with habanero and all these things have been tried. But this raspberry serrano over there stacked high. St- and I'm like, can I try that? And it is the single best jam I've ever put on my pe- my tongue. It is like wow. It is like a Smucker's raspberry preserve mm-hmm. level flavor. Not as sweet, so you you ha- you okay. don't get that like biting sweetness of the Smucker's, right? But you get sure. that you get that sure. raspberry flavor in there. Has seeds, okay. but they're not as big as seeds, and they seem to be a little softer from whatever cooking process they went through. Okay. Beautiful. And then you get the Serrano flavor. The heat is only there after you've swallowed it, and it's like on the back of your tongue, and it's barely there. If you had a glass of milk, you would never touch – you would never notice the heat. Right. But the pepper – Which, I mean – All the pepper does is add this like slightly acidic, slightly savory base – underneath okay. of this raspberry flavor and it just pushes it to the front i had to put i put half of the i, I like jelly and i yeah. slather it on thick i yeah. i i give myself the bread is the conveyor to get the jelly to my mouth to get it in your face i had to put half of the amount of jelly i usually put and I got the exact same amount of flavor. Beautiful. 
So now it's going to last longer. It's going to last way longer. And every mm-hmm. bite is this kind of like treasure of like, oh, you get your instant raspberry. Boom, it's peanut butter and jelly. And then complex flavors come in. It adds this little thing. And then I I, I ate it with soft wheat. That's my that's my go to peanut butter and jelly okay, sandwich. Okay. I, I was gonna I was gonna say bread. I, I was gonna ask to break down how what you what you roll with for bread. Soft wheat. Soft wheat. Okay. It's a hundred percent wheat, but it's it's on the bag that you can get hundred percent wheat and then you can get hundred yep. percent soft wheat. And I use okay. I get soft wheat. It's just a little more of that melt in your mouth, sticks mm-hmm. to the roof of your mouth like old bread does, like 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 yep. old like bread from our childhood, you know. Um, yeah, so- oh, yeah, 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 soft yeah, yeah, yeah. wheat. I've tried the whites. I do all the other stuff. Sourdough is no good for PB&Js. It's too Great sour. For toast. Great, for, Great toast. for toast. If you have butter with it, if you have garlic with it, anything savory, you want, you're having some Italian food, you're having, you're doing damn near anything. Oh, hey, you want to make a badass, like, like turkey, tomato, onion, cheese sandwich? Grab you a piece of fucking sourdough. Perfect for it. Peanut butter mm-hmm. and jelly? No go. No bueno. Rise. No, bueno. no go. Any hard breads. No go. It has to be soft. You, you got. You, you have to have a soft bread for that. I uh, I roll with whole wheat myself. Oh, I am a hundred percent hundred percent whole wheat. I've, I've yep. I, for a while, I was really into a Dave's Killer Bread. Shout out to Dave's Killer Bread. Hey, I love a great bread. Love their power. Yep, love their power seed. Oh. But but um, power seed's great. But yeah, lately I've been just rolling with uh, yeah, hundred percent. Whole wheat on my PBJs. Well, you know, I, I, I that's tell been just just hitting the spot for me. I tell you, and and part of my weighing of the the quality and and uh, overall like actual enjoyment is also cost of bread, right? So yes, if I can buy an entire loaf of of wheat, like the the I bought a brand new loaf today, and that was the other thing. It was the oh, and here's the other thing: how many? How many low? How many br- pieces of bread are left in the bag when the bread is empty? Two. Correct. I mean, like two. It's the heels. You, yeah. You never. I, I never use the heels for a sandwich. The only thing I will use a heel for is cinnamon yep. toast. Okay. I will put it I in the toast. More. Oh. Go. I have one more thing. Good. Actually, two things. They're kind of related, but um, if you have like a good stew. Oh, right. If you got if you got a nice hearty beef stew and then you butter up the one good side of the heel that can be that can be good for dipping. Great for dipping. It has a and little then, bit of pliability factor. You can use it as a spoon for the first couple of bites as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yep. And then also, you know, if you also involving butter, you butter it up and then you roll your an ear of corn in it, boiled or grilled ear of corn to get that butter all over it. The heels are great for that too. Yes, they Bas- are. The- basically for the same reason. Yep, yep, totally, totally. And then you definitely eat that c- corn buttered b- piece of bread afterwards. Oh, oh 100%. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Um, yes, but but it is it is wheat bread. I think, I think the wheat bread is superior to white bread. It's superior to potato bread, even though potato bread does match in quality of softness. Flavor yes. with peanut butter and jelly is just a little 
it's different. It's not quite there. It, it you, it's not quite there. Potato. I love potato buns for oh. for burgers. You use. Oh you man, have, that's 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 wonderful. That's wonderful. Yep, yep. But, but yeah, that that's I'm because you. you get it's, that's because you get all of the savory and that juicy the the greasy juiciness of the the the, the meat pairs well with the yeah. potato bun. Precisely. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, rocking the rocking the wheat bread. Now let me. Now this is something that I've done. Oh geez, I mean, at least a deck going on a decade now. Sure, roughly, I would say when when I'd go with PBJ, I I three bread it. I I I go with double decker PBJ because a single decker PBJ is just not enough anymore. I mean, you know, we're we're large humans. We require a lot of calories just for basic level functioning. Yep. So I I go. I go double decker PBJs. So, so here's here's how I've I've here's the lie that I quit telling myself. I'm mm-hmm. gonna eat two sandwiches. Okay. I'm I'm just gonna eat two. You're just gonna make two. I know. Okay. I I could. I I've done the three the three tier. I've done the double decker. Yeah. Use that yeah. middle, and then and then okay. Let me ask you this: When you do the middle tier. Do you yep. go? Do you go yep. peanut butter jelly, and then on the other side of the middle tier, peanut butter again, then jelly on the bottom, or do you go peanut butter on the outsides and jelly both in the middle? Pe- peanut butter on the outsides, jelly in the middle. Damn that's straight. Peanut butter. Damn the straight. peanut butter holds the jelly in. Yep. And it's that's that's what you do. And I've done the two sandwich route, but I'm like, you know, okay, so if I am using, you know, four 30, pieces, of I bread, guess yeah. what. Hunt, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing one more piece of bread, but and I'm just doing that much more work for just something that you know I could just for efficiency. I, I boil it down to the three, and then my loaf of bread lasts longer. Sure, it's you know, uh, no, yeah, yeah, fewer absolutely. pieces of bread per sitting. But but I also make myself space them apart. See. Here's okay. the game I play. I also make. I I will make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I'll make one knowing. Most likely, I'm coming back for a second. And so then I go sit down, I eat sure. my first one, and I do what I stuff. And then if like 45 minutes later, I want that second one still, I go get it. But if I find that after 45 minutes, no, in fact, I am satiated with my need mm-hmm. for peanut butter and jelly, I don't need it. And and, and See, that would, yep. saves on bread. That 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 does. That's a good point. Now here is something. Here is an added bonus to doing the double the double decker. Oh yeah, is I will use two different types of jam. Ooh. So you get some good flavor profiles. I'm not just doing completely strawberry or completely raspberry. I'm mixing it up. I'm going with like a sweet from one half and a tart on the other, or you know a really intense one or a really mellow one. And it's also textures too. I right? love doing you a ras. I love using like a, 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 a apricot preserve where it has the chunks of apricot in it. And then mm-hmm. you use the, or like an apricot jam, I mean, that has the chunks yeah, yeah. of it. And then you use a raspberry preserve as that sweetness and a little bit of tartness in it. And those, yeah. Oh, I totally get it. One of the things that I do is on the singles, I will yeah. peanut butter both sides of the bread with the same amount of peanut butter I would put on one side. And then okay. I will still pocket jam, not completely spread jam. I will pocket yeah. jam. Both kind of sides in the, in the middle. I will. I will use a. Okay. And, and then when I put it together, you use the 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 peanut butter on the outer edge as the seal for the amount of jam you have in the middle. Okay. I 
that I could rock with that. That's pretty good. I, I, I like took that. I took like a little note from Uncrustables, but it doesn't have to be like actually pinched. Say. It's like a little note from the Uncrustables game, but it doesn't have to be pinched. Right. I was going to say that reminds me a lot of an Uncrustable, which yeah. God bless Uncrustables, man. Uncrustables they're, in they're an just, air fryer. Uncrustables in an air fryer. Yes. Game changer. Oh, just if you had some of that 100%. sprayable marshmallow and you could uncrustable and air fry, uh, air, air fry and uncrustable, pull it out, a little bit of marshmallow, toast it on top. Ooh, man, that's that's rocking and rolling. Definitely. Just once. Sure. Please. But yeah, everybody, uh, while he's waiting doing that, um, Snack Fest was great. If everybody, if you live here live in Portland and you have a chance to go, um, definitely check out Snack Fest. If you love food, if you love snacks, you like supporting local businesses, it is it is just the most rocketing thing you can go do on a weekend. Uh, unfortunately for all you out there, by the time I release this podcast, Snack Fest will be over, so you'll have to wait till next year to go. Um, but Those poor souls. I know. But hey, at least I got to, and I got some of that fucking raspberry jam. Um, Perfect. But yeah, man, that was that was kind of the, the cool thing, the big highlight of the weekend for me. Um, other than I beat a video game I've been playing for a while yesterday. Oh, do tell. Mass Effect Andromeda. Okay, I, I'm obviously I'm familiar with the Mass Effect series. I think I played the first Mass Effect a decent amount, usually with, with my old friend Gavin. Yeah. Um, but I haven't really explored it past that, so I'm not up to date. Mass on, Effect on Andromeda the was the first Mass Effect of the in, of any of them I've played. I guess it's its kind of own storyline, uh, which is good. I mm-hmm. didn't like come in the middle of something. Um, got given the game for free, played it, really, really enjoyed it. It was kind of a, um, it got repetitive as far as what grinding was like. The grinding portion of oh, the yeah. game seems um, a, a little like underdeveloped for, for mm-hmm. on the game. And also um, you could, I, I played the game on the hardest difficulty you open it up on hard? Yeah, you absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I wanted to okay. I always do. Most of these games you can back it down if you need to. Um yeah. I always start on the hardest setting because I want to see if the game actually tests me. I love dog fights. I love having to sit there and work through an area and it take a long time to clear an area. Like that's I don't right. want to mow through an area with the beginning guns and it feel easy to me. Um but Right. But on this game, you know, they, they like weapons and armor and stuff level up in tiers and it goes up to like level s- tier seven is the highest tier in this game. And okay. I could have stopped developing my weapons and armor at tier five and the yeah. level of enemies at the end of the game would have been completely that tier five to but, tier like, seven care doesn't matter. And I just had more. Uh, stuff that I collected and and resources and things that you ever would need in the game. So it seems like they didn't mm-hmm. develop your your acquisition versus cost. That that process okay. in like mechanic of the mm-hmm. game was a little undesirable. Um, 
Okay. But storyline was cool. Yeah. Uh, cool, interesting premise. Fun game. I log logs a lot of hours. There's a lot of grinding in it, so it is a long. It is a it logs a lot of hours. Okay. Really Perfect. good on side quests. You know, really good on side storylines, side quest character development. You have a large crew, so it, like there's a mm-hmm. lot of missions that really do develop the people that are involved in the game. That's good. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that that's always nice. I I, I do um, you know, back when I, I would game, <clears throat> excuse me, more often the good a good campaign, good single player mode how that was kind of what i judged it on right how developed is the idea of your game yeah you know you go back to like halo 1 and halo 2 you know i mean i guess halo 2 was really kind of where the online multiplayer kind of took off yep right but like you look at the first halo the, the multiplayer was just kind of an offshoot the point of the game was the campaign right it was the single player mode that's what you got for and not being co- Barely, I mean, barely involved with the gaming scene for the last decade. It kind of seems that that has flipped. That well, it's all a, that mo- many games, many games are about the online gaming experience with the the campaign single player kind of tacked on. Well, maybe not usually. Well, fully here's what it, here's first. what it is. Versus unlocking things as part of gameplay, if the game necessitated like upgrades and stuff. Versus unlocking right. them as part of the gameplay, now they're buyable add-ons. Right. So if you want better shit, sometimes you can unlock them or you just buy them. And it's, it is yep. all based around like what next inst packages are coming out and, and, and seasons. And there's always, there's like everything is ranked gameplay now. And yeah, it doesn't seem like, anymore well that's not true they're just not what like the 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 mainstream games i tell you don't have an xbox one do you i do not do you have steam on your computer on your pc do you have steam i i do not have steam either well either you get an xbox one or you just download Mm -hmm. steam and uh, and and just get a steam account there is a game that you must play. Okay, what's that? It is called. Do you need? To, do you need to take care of that? I I, I do. I do. I need to take. Yeah. A pause. Pause. I'm yeah. sorry. No, you're good, dude. Pause. See everybody. That's what happens when you have kids. You want to have a nice, nice happening experience and loving lives intertwine and necessitate full attention. It's part of fatherdom. It's part of parentdom. It's part of everything that that encapsulates the the love and experience of of, of doing that. Um, something which I don't <laughs> don't want. Uh, it's cool though. I love it. And he's back. Perfect. Okay. So right. so. Here's this game I'm going to tell you about that yeah. that is you have to play and and here's the big selling point the, the the top two selling points for why I think it would be great for you to play one okay. it's it's based in space okay and I like space and it's 
all themed around music. Okay. And two... I'm sold so far. And two, it's the whole entire game is stuck in a time loop. And so the maximum playable time is 22 minutes per loop. Okay. So you don't, it's not a, it's not a long slogging game. The entire yeah. game and access is accessible within a 22 minute time span. And it is all about them. It is all yeah. about discovery that allows you to learn what you can do within those 22 minutes of time. Okay, so, that sounds interesting. So you can go and you can play if you if if you if you know you have a half hour of free time, you yeah. log in one session, you play through one 22 minute loop, the loop ends, you're done, it asks you if you want to restart the loop, you say no. You're done. It does you do not you're not committed to any more. If you okay. want to play a second loop, now you're up to 40. You can play three loops an hour. You know, it's it's like one of these right. cool yeah. It is the most original game I've played in a decade. It's called The okay. Outer Wilds. The Outer Wilds. Okay. It's it's not not to be confused with Outer Worlds, which is like a shoot 'em right. game. It's The Outer Wilds. Mm-hmm. Fabulous game. Fabulous game. You can play it on Steam, you can play yeah, it on Xbox. It, I, I cannot rave enough okay. about the originality of this game. I'll have to investigate. That sounds great. Yeah, that I mean that is literally perfect. But like you said like twenty two minutes. That's yeah, that would fit nicely in with my day. Right. Totally. Right. And and mm-hmm. it's just it's it's all about like puzzle solving, discovery, uh, listening, music. The soundscape uh-huh. of this game is amazing. The the orbital flight mechanics and how gravity affects. Your you in space that they mapped mm-hmm. on this game is amazing, dude. You can spend easily whole sessions just flying around in space in your ship. That's cool. Just just entering gravitational wells of planets, orbiting them. Now now all of it is based so in is- one. It's it's in one solar system. Right. Okay. So you're you you don't have so outer. Is, right. Is there is there an object an objective that can be accomplished? A hundred percent. Like. Okay. Yes. Yes. I mean, there are many objectives you can. What you will find is you will go and you will start looking around, and then you'll start finding clues that point to stuff, and then those clues will okay. drive you off of the planet you you start on that your character wakes up on. You wake up at the okay. beginning of your loop and you seemingly, you, you know nothing about anything and you learn it as you progress, as you discover, as you fly off world, fly to planets. You can, you could, you could fly off world as soon as it starts and go to any planet you wanted right at the beginning, but you may not know what you're looking for yet because you've missed something else at some other part. And then you start, sure. you start learning that, oh, I need to get here. And so then you make your way to this planet, but because time progresses the way it does in the game and it's all linear, you will you will realize you've missed the chance to do the thing you need to do. So the next game, the first thing you do is go to that spot, do the go thing, and now that. you're racing the clock to try and beat this thing. While the rest of the universe, every other possible simulated thing that is running is concurrent with that too. They're all running That's together. Cool. The, the entirety okay. of every possible thing to learn and know and experience runs together. It, there isn't okay. like... 
it's there isn't something that you unlock that you have that that like isn't available if you never unlock it. It's yeah. just like reality. You it, could if you could turn back. There. Everything is always is already happening. It's always happening. This is how it happens, and you're just trying to navigate your in in a different timeline, zigzag through one linear path of time. That's awesome, dude. It is. That's awesome. It's it's so it's so cool. I will I'll look that up. That sounds yeah. That sounds awesome. Is 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 Steam um, Mac friendly? Oh yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yep. Sweet. Yeah, that gives me something to look forward to. That's awesome. Yeah, and and they're like an independent developer. Um, you know, it's it's not like from one of the mm-hmm. big companies. It's it, it's good shit. It's good right. shit. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll 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 look into it. That sounds awesome. Sounds like a good time. Yep. Um. So what's been up with the Rustmeister? Oh, not a lot. Been back at work. Um. We uh been back I guess about a month or so now because I have summers off. Yep. And uh, we actually got started oh, actually month and a half now. Um, we actually got started a little bit earlier this year than normal, which is it has its ups, pluses and minuses, but o- overall it's good. Um, at around the just before my birthday, got to fly down to Denver to see our mutual friend Britton, stay yes. with him and his lovely wife Mercedes for a few days. Shout out! Shout out! Shout out to Britain and Mercedes. Yes. And their adorable little kid, Sydney. Gosh, she's is, amazing. Isn't she awesome? She is. Yeah, I mean, like, I've known her since, I mean, since yeah, she was yes, ba- I held course. her when she was new or when she, when she was old enough to be home. Yeah. And, you know, and, but yeah, she's, she's incredible. She's, she's fun. Yeah. I, I, I fell in love with her instantly. Yep. Again. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all over again. And, but yeah, and we got to, uh, my wife and I went and saw, uh, Ed Sheeran at Mile High Stadium down in Denver. That was, that was a fun time, man. So talk to that, me, um, talk to me about what surprised you about Ed live. What things, what things that of, of you and your, um, proclivity to judge music on a high caliber and be particular right. about performances and, uh, technique and things right. what what surprised you the most like name a couple things i'm sure there was man, more the than one the man's stamina his energy on stage his stage persona and his stamina he kept i mean i can't i don't remember exactly how long his show was um a couple hours i mean you know a couple hours probably yeah. and yeah. just non-stop dude the dude runs around stage i mean he does you know he stands and plays and sings but you know it's him and his guitar the whole time and a loop and, he, and a loop station and a loop and his, his loop station he broke that down during the show for yep. those who weren't might not be aware of how it works right, right you know and and he has a keyboard there that's also hooked up to his loop station you know synthesizer whatever and um but yeah that was the main thing for me is his stamina i was not expecting him to be that energetic on stage and that, that charismatic really i was blown away oh yeah i was blown away i had a great time with just watching did him he, did he did he did he was he did you feel like he 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 successfully was able to reach out uh regardless of what genres you may have proclivities to right. or anything like that he was re- sure. able to reach out as a performer and kept and catch you as an audience member and bring you into his oh, experience 
completely completely awesome um you know and there was so there was he had the, he had this rotating stage that's in the middle of it was at Mile High Stadium. So in the middle of the field is this rotating circular stage. Metallica did it, and no. then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but it was just big enough for him and maybe one or two other people. Cool. And oh, then oh, I mean, more oh. people could have been on there, but it was mainly just him on there. So it wasn't a huge stage. It was. Gotcha. A, it was, and then there were these like five huge towers loaded with. You know, with line arrays, speakers, and Speak then, for um, everybody out there, movers. a line array. If yeah. you if you're at a if you're at a concert and you see they look like a banana, and they're this giant hanging, kind of curved shape of of just hanging speakers. That is called a mm-hmm. line array for all of you out there. Yes, and each one of those had at least like two or three of them on there. Yeah, and they were just covered in L- all these cool like LED screens that wrapped around them and then at the base of each of those when or the, i think there were there were six of them total and then on at the base of four of them on a on a handful of songs throughout the show he had a band that would play with them, and each band member was at the base of one of those giant poles drum set bass guitar and then keyboards cool and uh he a handful of a handful of songs were played with with the band but mostly it was just him and okay, his loop okay. station. L- let me ask you this. And let you me know, ask you this. Um, yeah. Yeah. As far as sound dynamics, did did you notice a difference in in like like if he was at his loop station, him up on stage? Did obviously mm-hmm. he's playing his guitar is mono, so so he's probably playing into something that turns it stereo. Um, whatever mm-hmm. effects and stuff he runs through, but did you notice a different, like, just, just, just width of sound? Like, did it feel like it got really wide when the band was on stage and then narrow again when he was on stage? Did you notice that dynamic oh, shift? N- no, no, it was, it was, I mean, his guitar is like the main thing, but like they, it, you know, obviously his guitar with the way that he built it up, he built every song starting from the percussion. Like he do, you know, like hitting his guitar and, sl- you know, and slapping it and stuff to make the beats and stuff. But even, and even those this, sonically were the same as a kick drum and a snare in, in the mix oh, out in the I house. Was, yes. Okay, oh, yes. cool. And cool. in fact, I was just going to say, I, I'm wondering, I was wondering at the time and I'm wondering now, cause like, you know, he'd do the thing where he would like hit his palm on the body of his acoustic guitar For to a make kick, like yeah. a bait simulator. Yeah, to simulate a kick. And I'm wondering if there was some sort of a trigger in there because the the bass frequencies, the boom that came from like thumping. It was I mean a lot of it had to do with the sound, but the the crazy thing was how bass heavy that element was while his guitar itself like the actual playing of the strings was not. You know what he probably it had? It he wasn't. probably had. He probably had the 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 actual pickup, like a bridge pickup, um, in there mm-hmm. for his strings, and then a pa- yeah. a piezo in the body in the body for, when he, for acoustics yeah. hits. It, so he so and they're EQ'd separately. It's yeah. probably what it was. He, I, I bet maybe he had two chords or just a stereo chord. Mm-hmm. Because because they make single yeah. you know stereo chords that you can run two sounds yeah. through left and right and they're two mono signals so right yes I'm, I'm is probably something like that yeah I has to what be. it was but yeah and but yeah his stage presence his stamina his energy um and also you know I'm as far as the songs that plays on uh, that 
of his that play on the radio. Excuse me. You know, it's not usually my thing. I don't think it's bad. It's just not usually my flavor. But there were a handful of songs because every song, he, except for the ones he played with the band, were built from the ground up. He started with the percussion on his guitar, and then he would play in a rhythm thing, and then he would add in keyboards, and he would build every song that, that way. Right. And hearing those arrangements of these pop songs gave me a whole new appreciation for his artistry, frankly, you know, when you're actually seeing him in his element, because you can't really replicate that on the radio. No, you right? can't. No, you can't. So the songs that he, that he makes that are produced to be radio hits, you know, they're, they're chock full of, you know, whatever, you know, trend is happening in modern pop music these days. But when you see him on stage, in his craft, in his element, where he wants to be, dude, it was, it was, I was enthralled the entire time. That's I awesome. had such a blast watching him do his thing. Yeah, that's awesome. There is just this oh, yeah. undeniable uh, nature of live music. And that's something that I have just found that I've appreciated so much more in old age, in old age. Um, yeah. But, you know, being fucking as you mature close to 40, um, that, that just like, uh, that kind of like I no longer have this weird like stuffed uh pompous aversion to experiencing musicality and separating it from yes. my distaste in the the production or the song or the right that ness mhm i I agree um there were two uh two openers um I can't. Uh, oh, one was uh, this this girl f- from across the pond, as she put it. Um, Ed brought her over from from England. Cat Burns, I believe her name was. Oh, I've heard of her. Her set was her her set was actually cut short because of weather, and um, oh, so bummer. she only played a handful of songs. And you know, she was fine. She was nice. She had a nice voice. Um, I didn't particularly connect with her music, but the you know, hearing new music for the first time live isn't the best way. Right. I think because there's, you're, there's so much other information coming on with all of the stage, yes. the stage lights and being in the stadium and everything. You know, you can't really focus on what you're hearing. Correct. And then the, and the second opener was Khalid, who has, you know, he's, he's, he's big. And I've maybe heard one or two of his songs. Again, you know, it's not my, not my flavor of music, but it was really neat being in that. I was in Mile High Stadium. It was there were eighty five thousand people there. Was it that was your first time? Was record. that your first time in Mile High? Yes, it was. Cool. Yeah. Yep. And so uh, being in there, and it well, yeah, it was the attendance record for Mile High Stadium, eighty five thousand, and Damn. most people there were um, enjoying Khalid's music. So even though you know, I wasn't really enthralled with what was going on, seeing so many other people there really enjoying and taking in what they were seeing from this guy. That was really cool too. Mm -hmm. You know, I was peeking into a musical realm that I don't normally exist in. Yeah. It's a, it's an entirely new culture. Oh, completely. Yeah. Completely new culture. Yeah. And so I appreciated that. And then they actually, after, during his fourth or fifth song, I believe it was his fourth song, actually, there were lightning warnings. 
nearby lightning and thunder because there had been thunder the previous day and lightning the previous day. And so we had to, they had to get everybody off stage and it was about a two hour delay, two and a half hour delay. And you guys went inside um, the stadium and just hung out in the rings, right? Yeah. yeah we went inside, hung out in the rings and we'd go back out a little bit. Then we'd co- go back in just kind of trying to kill time. Yep. And, um, but yeah, that was really cool. Then eventually, you know, we, we got back out there and it, it started late, but man, even, you know, even starting two and a half hours later than normal, again, he was just full of energy. It was just really cool. It was, I had a great experience. I, anyone who might even be on the fence, go see Ed Sheeran. The dude puts on a hell of a show. Yeah. Shout out to Ed. Cool. Cool, man. That's good. Yeah. And then, uh, and, and, and then what happened? Well, um, after the show, we, we, um, oh, while we were down there also, we went to a couple of Colorado Rockies games, which is, Baseball, which is another interesting thing for me because I'm not a baseball fan. Yep. You know, I mean, I might follow the scores of the World Series depending on who's playing, but no stakes in it. No, 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 no stakes. No stakes. Remember when we went to that, that like Mariners B League game or something like that with Judy way back in the day? Yeah. Way back. I, I have fleeting memories of that. There's a few things that I remember from that. I, don't remember if we were there for the whole game or not, but but yeah. I do remember going there and being in the stands and seeing a couple of foul, foul balls come our way. Yeah, you know, yeah. I had, but this was um, we were fortunate enough that through one of Britain's coworkers or a colleague or a friend or something, I can't remember exactly what the relationship was. We were able to get into a suite, so you know, a, a private catered suite, and so we were able to watch the game from that. And we had a hell of a time. I had so much fun. It was just the, I mean, cause it's like, it was just a relaxing, joyous atmosphere. It wasn't combative at all, like a football game. Yeah. You didn't have and, any um, stakes in the team or the scores or what was happening. You were this there in the environment to enjoy the environment. Yeah. And, and it helped that there were, there was a lot of action in that game. Like there were eight or nine home runs in that game. Oh, cool. Cause I mean, we're, we're, we're in, you know, we're in Denver. So it, you know, air they come easy, just a yeah. little bit less up there. So, yep. and so it, uh, yeah, it's the easy, if there's more home runs hit in that stadium than in, in any others, I found out. Right. And, um, uh, they play the Chicago White Sox. And on the first pitch of the first inning, very opening pitch of the game, Chicago hits a home run and it's one nothing. They didn't score again for the rest of the game and lost fourteen to one. <laughs> so, yep. So we did that the Friday night before the show because the show was on Saturday. So we went to the game Friday night, and then on Sunday, the last full day we were there because we left Monday. We went to another game, but this time we were in general seating, and we're actually in this place that was kind of not out in the not not out in the uh, in the stands. It's kind of the standing room place in the shade. And, uh, like where, like behind home plate, off left field, right field. Do you oh, remember? Oh, it was, it was, I would say down center field. Oh, oh, out center field across from home plate. Yeah. Cool. And so, and, and it, that was a slow game. Um, until we left, we left like just after the seventh inning stretch. And then Chicago went to bat at the top of the eighth inning after we were gone and had a seven or eight run inning. And ended up winning the game. They were losing when we left, and they ended up winning the game. Oh, wow. Missed that bit of action. 
Yeah, but it, it was it was okay. We, we you know we had a couple of other things we wanted to do, and we were on foot, so we wanted to beat the traffic basically. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Glad you guys got, and, you got um, a little good vacation in. Yeah, and one other thing that I found out, you know, which I didn't even think about till I got there. One um, first, and when we were there, we went to this little uh, swimming pool, local pool. Um, and on the way, we stopped at a Seven Eleven, got some sodas. And because of the elevation, the sodas are way less carbonated. Yep. Because of the elevation. And I first I, I took a drink of the soda. I was like, oh man, this thing's flat. He's like, no, dude, that's just how sodas are here because of the you know, because of the elevation. And it clicked. It's like, oh well, that makes all the sense in the world. It was just something I didn't think about before I experienced it. Yep, carbon dioxide dissolves dissolves differently at atmosphere than it does, or at, at sea level than it does at yeah, elevation. Yeah, totally. And um, you know, I guess you know, for the the last little bit of a dimension is you know, as a kid from Alaska, you know, growing up next to mountains, big mountains, and going up, you know, in up to Fairbanks and seeing Denali, yeah. the tallest mountain in, in the north in the continent in the northern United States. You know, the Rockies, they're they're fine. They're there. They're not they're not what I expected them to be at all. They're uh they're, I expected these tiny. grand jagged peaks and they're they're hills. Yeah, they're hills. They're tall hills. They're tall hills. Don't get me wrong. But that's that's kinda of what I told Mercedes. We were on we were on the tram going to the to the concert. It's like, oh the hill those your hills are nice. <laughs> and uh Mercedes is from Alaska too. And so she laughed and said, yeah, I said the same thing to my mom who lives in Utah. And it's like, yeah, people call those mountains here. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? It's so funny. Get spoiled. Yeah. We get totally. Both with the, the immensity of what nature is in Alaska. Oh yeah. Other yeah. than trees. We got some bitch ass trees in Alaska, man. Dude. No, unless you go down to Kodiak, Kodiak's got some, Hella good trees. Their trees are big. Yeah, so does so does Juno. So does the Panhandle. When that's I was, true. When catch I was, a can. When, catch I, a, when I was down catch in Juno, got some big ass trees. <laughs> yep. Yep. But where we grew up, tiny bitch ass trees, small trees. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah, and then uh, how you got a you got a pretty cool surprise for your birthday, huh? I sure did. <laughs> Just uh, this this tall, lanky guy walked through my door when my parents were uh, when my parents were kind of come over, and I was excited about that. And then Ty- saw our friend Tyler, didn't expect him to show up, and then and walked in you through the door. <laughs> Had it- no idea. That was a very well pulled off, very well pulled off surprise. Uh, yeah, I I we have that on video too. We have the the whole thing on video. Your face, you're like. You hear your voice. You're like, you're talking to one of your kids. You're like, oh yeah, Grandma Sue and and Grandpa Dick are here, uh, you know. And then and then blah, blah blah. You're like, oh, and Tyler. And you hear you see like in your voice and on your face. There's this confusion. And then you see me, and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> hey, hey, bro. I hate to do this, but something has just come up, and I have to cut this short. I hate to do it. Oh. I am sorry. Um, something rather important has just arisen that I need to go take care of. Um, everything's fine. It's okay. just something that is for, time. Okay, so then for done for the night. Important. 
I think so. Yeah. Okay. We can maybe come back to this and restart it, or you know, let's pick up a, maybe a part two, t- part two tomorrow evening or something. If you have, yeah, if you we'll have do the some, time, we'll figure it out. All right, dude. Love you, man. So sorry about that. It's okay. Everybody, you, they, hey, they got to hear a cool convo. I may just call that an episode, and then we'll do another one or sometime. Because I, I want to talk about your TikTok. I want to talk about damn football. We had so much to cover dude, still. I, I know. I know. I was okay, excited well, about it. We got to do a damn part well, two. We'll, we'll do it. We'll come All back right. until right. we return. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Love you. Love you, buddy. Bye. And we're back. Um, what you guys didn't hear was about a three-week delay in time lapsing. Um, if you could have seen how fast everything was moving to just get from that point to this point, your guys' hairs would be blown back. Um, luckily, neither me or my guest returning here have hair to get blown back. So, uh, no, don't got to worry about that. At least I do on my face. Yeah, I yeah. Worry my, about the face getting blown up, but. Even if my beard gets blown back a little bit, it just l- still looks like a beard. It doesn't look like bad haircut. You know that's true. Yeah, you know. And right now, I actually just um, maybe a week or so ago, I actually trimmed my beard a little bit, so it's not really can't really get blown around anyway. Yeah, no, it's 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 looking absolutely beautiful, man. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I grew it myself. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things to say. Um, how how goes it, man? How 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 is Rusty in October now? Rusty in October is doing well. Um, work's picking up, being nice and nice and consistently busy. Good. We like that. Yes, we like yep. that. And um, yeah, we're starting to prep here. We got a little trip that we're making towards the end of the month. Oh, yeah. Just so happened to be flying down to your neck of the woods. To my neck of the woods? Shit, you're going to be flying in my neck of my house. <laughs> <laughs> neck exactly. of the woods. Exactly. You'll be in the um no i'm stoked we got that we got the uh, the living situation living stuff quarters for you guys all set and um yeah should be good i cannot wait for you to meet ziggy dude like i can't wait for you to meet this fucking dog he is Mm -hmm. he is like if you took if you took brutus and kina and like morph them together Okay. And then took that and added like added like like Chevy Chase Pratt Falls. Okay. Okay. Just that, the silliness, that's... the silliness of Chevy Chase's mm-hmm. like early Saturday Night Live Pratt Falls and that kind of stuff, sure. you know? Yeah. Yeah, or yeah, or, yeah, or Chris yeah. Farley Pratt Falls. Chris like, Farley falling through the table and shit. If you yeah. just if you just took like our other dogs and then added that level of hilarity to him and and f- he's only 8 months old he's already mm-hmm. weighs he already he's weighs he's a baby but he weighs 70 pounds okay you know Big boy. He, he, well tall skinny yeah. skinny right. lanky, lanky like he's us when we were kids dude like when right. we had just hit our <laughs> growth spurts but nothing else no coordination happened you know oh. it's Ah, it's just the best. I can't wait. Don't know what to do with these noodly appendages. We have no idea. For real, for real, he has Mm. the biggest, floppiest ears I've ever seen on a dog. Like, like compared to his face, they hang down like Mm -hmm. way past. Like, (laughs) it it is just. Oh, it's so it's so fun. 
I no, can't, I can't wait. wait to meet him. So it looks, looks like just a little goofball. Hundred percent, hundred percent, total, total, total dork. Well, hey, here's here's what I, I I've been so curious about this, and we talked a little bit about it on the talks of ticks, and yep. um, I I just have to know what is yep. up with this NFL challenge thing that you have found yourself immersed in. Okay, so this is where it started. I downloaded TikTok like I don't know two years ago, three years ago, maybe can't remember exactly when, and. Mainly because at the time my wife downloaded it and she was sending me these TikToks all the time. <laughs> and you couldn't open them. Eventually, I, I and so I couldn't open. I could open the one that she sent me. But, yes, but I couldn't. And then I was like, "Fine, I'll just make an account." And now the, the the funny thing is, is she doesn't go on there anymore. So I send her all these TikToks and she she almost watches never none of them. And I'm on TikTok all the time. But yep. anyway, I think it was around pandemic time. I want to say. Um. That there was this other user on there. His his real name is Peter, and he he's given it out. So I'm not doxing anybody. Yeah, yeah. And um, and his handle is Ortho Nurse 2009, and he started this. He was the first one that I saw. Mm. And he started with he started with three thousand, and basically, yes, laid out for the laid the, out for the people. What's the yes. point? Yeah. So you're taking the career regular season touchdown totals of different NFL players from different positions and adding them up and trying to beat a goal. Mm. So, and, and regular season only playoffs don't count. Right. And it's all combined touchdowns. So any receiving touchdowns, a quarterback might have any rushing touchdowns, a quarterback might have all get counted. Interesting. So it's not just, it's not just like passing touchdowns. Right. You know, any, even fumble recoveries, any touchdown they score is counted. And so, yeah. And then basically he started off with having to beat 3000 total. And I'm, I'm, I can't remember exactly what the format was for that. It was a couple quarterbacks, some running backs, couple, couple quarterbacks, couple running backs, wide receivers and tight ends. And then he got 3,000, then he bumped up to like 3,750, and then he bumped up to 5,000, and then he bumped up to 5,500, and so on and so forth. And he's like on 16,500 now. And then eventually he started adding in like stacks for like defensive players, and then like solo tackles, interceptions, and then we at at one point we were doing... um, What about field goals? Like field goals, field goals made for kickers. Punts inside the 20 for punters, career punts inside the 20. Oh. And then like career wins for head coaches. Yeah, I remember seeing. And then, and then also collective team, team wins in their histories. Oh. So, and I came in when he was at, like, I'd watched him from the beginning, literally right. from like he popped up in his first rounds and then he got to 12,500 and, I was like, you know what? I want to give this a shot. So I just did one and I didn't get it. And I was like, this is fun. Then like a few days later or a week later, I was like, I want to try again. And then I did it again a couple more times. And I was like, oh, I got it. So then I bumped up to the next one that he did. Yeah. And then I kept going. And then eventually it got to the point where I had gotten one of them before he did. So then I decided to make my own lineups to try and beat these goals. Mm. And so is that what you're I, doing I, now? So now you're using your own lineups. Not not oh. quite. So okay. like 
like I said, I, I came in at 12,500 and I got going up by 500 increments all, all the way to 16,000. Then after that, I kind of realized that I, I cut in line. Ah. Uh. When it probably just go back and start at 3,000 myself. So now I'm going backwards and I'm start, I started at three and I'm working my way up. And what I'm on now is 5,500. And this one is, is notoriously brutal because it's six, the top six in the four offensive positions and the margin of error, like the max possible score is like 56 or 5,640 something. Really? And you would be, yes. So you would be surprised at how quickly that goes away. Oh, like yeah. How quickly you eat into that margin of error. Well, I, you know, because because I follow you on on it, um, I right. see all of yours, and I. So I have this question, and this has been yeah. this, and it's about your strategy, and and because because I mm. first of all, it was, I was like, for so long, I'm like, what is he doing? And then finally, yeah. without asking any questions, just watching, I'm like, okay, but where is he getting these points from? Like, right. what database out there, ha- like, I didn't even realize it was touchdowns. I thought it was just like some generated like fantasy points or like, right. you know, I had no idea because I don't play fantasy. I don't do any of that stuff. Sure. So sure, sure. I'm like, where mm-hmm. is he getting these points? Then you showed me that website the other day and, oh, it's touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So then I started looking because I've been, I've been, it seems like tight ends always fuck you. Tight ends because there's the top four tight ends receive. There's six tight ends over a hundred points. There's six. Yes. Well, there's not there. There's some of them. uh, Gates is the all time touchdown leader. He has 116. Yep. And then number two is Tony Gonzalez and number wrong at 93. Right. And then after that, and then Jimmy Graham is up to 86 because he's actually still playing. So it's funny, the, the top four, they call them the four G's. If you get the four G's, you're in pretty good shape. And then Travis Kelsey actually just passed Jason Witten, I'm pretty sure, to move up to fifth all time. Okay. Now some, uh, yeah, and then Jason Witten has like 74. So yeah, tight ends, screw me. Now, because at first, when I when I first started, I was there was way more players, like because uh, I had defensive players, I had defensive linemen, linebackers, DBs, kickers, yep. yep. And so, you form a certain strategy when you have that many chances, but then all of a sudden you boil it down and you don't have nearly as like not even half. Right. You have to prioritize which ones are mo- most important, and the first couple dozen is important, and they are. But things that you want, even though they have a, a smaller touchdown amount, like a perfect example is Drew and Antonio Gates. Drew Brees is number two all time in. Here, hold on, hold on for a sec. Quarterbacks, yes. You're you're getting a little bit of cut in and out. Maybe you want to turn off the Wi-Fi on your phone or something. Sure. Okay, hold on a second. Actually, yeah, I got an idea. Let me fix that. Just, we're getting a little bit of lag. Little little lag. Okay. Just a second here. Let me fix this. You got me? Yeah, yeah. Well, I can hear you really great. You can hear me? Oh, there you go. There you go. Am I good now? Yep, you're great. Sweet. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. So um, anyway, yeah, Drew Brees and Antonio Gates. So 
Drew Brees has 597 total touchdowns. Antonio Gates has 116. They both played for the Chargers, right? Yep. Drew Brees had played for two teams, the Chargers and the Saints. And he and Gates only played for one team. He played for the Chargers his whole career. So when the Chargers come up first, it's almost more worth it to get Antonio Gates first over Drew Brees, Correct. even though Drew Brees has, you know, almost 500 more touchdowns. Yeah. Another one like that is um, Ladanian Tomlinson and Brett Favre. Yep. They both played for the Jets at one point in their careers. And it, and any team that they had a recorded stat, that's that's the guideline. Yeah, so Favre has so, three. Yeah, so so yeah, Favre has, th- has four teams. Oh, four. You're right. You're right. Four. Falcons. Yep, yeah, Falcons. Yeah. Yep. And so, um, like Aaron Rodgers this year, he played four snaps for he's the a Jets. Jet. Yeah, he's but, a he, jet. but he threw an incomplete pass, which is a recorded stat. So now I get to use him for the... And that was a big thing. Everyone was waiting for him to finally be ready for the Jets. Because he, 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 the Jets would come up and you couldn't use him yet. Yep. So, um, but yeah, so the, you'll figure out which one, which positions to prioritize, when to go with which one. Yeah, like could, another good example. Another good example is Chris wide receivers, Chris Carter and T- Terrell Owens, T.O. They both played for the Eagles at one point in their career. Carter or T.O. has 156. Carter has 131. Right. But when the Eagles come up first, I go Chris Carter because T.O. also played for the Bengals and the Bills at some point in his career. And they have jack shit for offensive players. Right. That are worth any. I mean. They were good players. Don't get me wrong, but, but when they, it comes no to stats. something like yeah, this, yeah, 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 no stats. Well, I guess it's also so, important right now to let people know too. One, go on uh, if if you're in if you're football fans and at all interested in this type of thing. Uh, where can they find you on the talk doing this? What's your um, handle? My TikTok is Tall Alaskan Redhead. Right, Tall Alaskan Redhead. That's the one. That's um, me. Yep, yep. Um, and so, so here's like I've I've kind of deduced what you're saying. Oh, and. You're getting two teams at a time to pick from, and they're randomized, yes. right? So that so the app, the app shuffles the teams. Yes, and just, there was a single team filter with the. It first started with a single team filter, but eventually they came out with a double team filter. Right, and so and that one's just more. It's more economic. It doesn't take nearly as it takes half as long. You know, exactly. Yeah, so, um, and that's then, what I go. With. Yeah, so like I watch, I watch, and all of a sudden you're getting, like to me, it seems like. You, unless the quarterback only played for one team, it seems yep. like they would be the last things you would pick. It's hard. It also depends when during, you know, because there's 24 total picks. Yep. So when it is that I'm getting this this player, looking for this player, right? Like my rule of thumb going back to Gates and Breeze, if I don't have either of them and the Chargers show up in the first 10 or 12 picks in the first half, I'll go Gates first. Mm. But after that, as it gets closer to the end, I will go Breeze because he's ultimately way more important. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I just, I just see you like, it seems like there's a lot of running backs within a small margin. Yeah. Of points. There's a cluster of there's them. There's a cluster of them that, that you always kind of find yourself falling in. Same with wide yeah. receivers other than a couple. It seems like wide yeah. receivers are a little bit of a harder pick in those top high numbers. Um, I, I almost have, ne- I almost never have problems getting the top four, Jerry Rice, right. Randy Moss, T.O. and Chris Carter. I almost always get those four. It's the last two. 
yes. that are usually the troubles. And like Larry Fitzgerald, he's number six. He has 122 touchdowns. But if, you know, he only played for the Cardinals. But if the Cardinals come up first, I go Emmett Smith because he's the top running back, 176. He's pretty far away from his oh, other running backs. Yeah, so yeah. He's, he's more important to get. Right, right, um, right. To me, I'm like, I'm, I'm going in every time, like, I'll, cause, cause I've started like without having obviously the memorized knowledge that you now have of all these players oh, right. and, and that stuff. Like, I, you know, I, I, it's like, I see a thing come up and you'll pick a quarterback. I'm like, no, Russ, pick that tight end. Like, mm-hmm. if you, you know, like, Is, isn't that fun? Isn't yeah, that fun? Like, like, in this time, pick the fucking tight end instead of a quarterback right now because then eight rolls later, that same, uh, you know, there's your quarterback pop up and you've already right. picked him. But of course, you don't know what's coming up. Right. Right. I get, the, if I get, you know, um, what's a good example? Oh, like if I get the Packers, right? I get there's Favre and Rodgers. But if I, you know, if I, if that's the only time that the Packers, I assume that's the only time that the Packers are going to come up, I probably go, I mean, with Aaron Rodgers, because he only played for two teams, Favre played for four. I have a higher chance of running into Favre again than I would Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. So, and and that's the thing. Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, know, there's yeah. been times where like I go back, and usually you do it enough times, you can tell. Okay, this is the choice that determines if I get this or not. Like mm. you can feel it, or you, you can also tell. Okay, now. It's out of reach. I can't get it now. Let's just get as many points as we can. And it's funny because right now in the one I'm doing, there's 24 total picks to get 5,500. And it's usually decided, I mean, unless it goes down to the wire, and it picks 19 and 20. That that block is usually, if it falls off the rails, that's where it happens. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty astounding. Yeah, it's it's it seems like a lot of fun. It's 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 interesting to watch. Um, you you like you go through it, and mm-hmm. and see your brain working, trying to like it live time. Like, okay, who am I? Who am I doing? Who am I doing? And I'll like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just, it's just entirely fascinating that you found yourself doing this and like making content in this way. And I, 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 you know, I rather it, enjoy it. I enjoy it too. And you know, I'm not chasing clout. I'm not looking to no. some become some, but it's just a fun thing. You know, it takes a few minutes. I, you know, I like to do it every day. Some days I don't, but I like to do it every day. It's just a few minutes, you know, it takes two minutes to record one, maybe five to 10 to edit it. And then, Yeah. It's 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 a fun you know I get a I get a little break at work or something I'll I'll do that you know at lunch. Um, now now do you find yourself like paying attention to the s- updates on the stats as games are going oh, on yeah. every season to of of players oh, yeah, that are like, still playing right? Yeah, I'm going through pretty much every you know after every week and updating those that are still playing that are relevant. Yeah, you know most of the players that are playing now don't have the accumulated totals to make it on these things. So most of them are, are past players, right? Players that have already retired. Um, but yeah, I do like Travis Kelsey. I keep updating him. Aaron Rodgers. I would, if he wasn't hurt this year, did you see the update that apparently he's going to be trying to come back by the end of the year to play this season? 
Oh yeah, I saw that. And I'm I believe that he's trying. <laughs> I don't know if he will, but I mean, you know, he's that competitive of a dude. So I I believe that he's trying his hardest to get back out there. Yeah. Which what's your what's do do you think it'll actually we'll actually see him this season? I don't know, man. Achilles they Achilles injuries are tough. Especially tough. at like late thirties. But in late thirties, right. He's like thirty eight, thirty nine yep. right now, yep. I think. Yep. And now the thing is too, you can walk without with a severed Achilles tendon. Like it doesn't render you immobile. Right. You can walk with them. And so, you know, if he can manage to not scramble around and stay in the pocket, if it's healed enough by December, maybe he can, you know? Mm-hmm. But But you won't I, see any of his sweeps or doing no. any any fun Rogers esque. Right. Stuff. Well, I mean, no, we, he wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, and also, and quite frankly, you know, we we didn't see a lot of that in the last couple of seasons. The Packers, anyway, when he didn't have an Achilles problem. Yeah, you know, it was yeah, especially that last year. You know, yeah. that that one was that was tough. That was tough. You could tell, at least I could. I, you're projecting, I think, a little bit, but he was just. I think he was just done. I think he was just done there. You know. Yeah. Well, he, he lost Devonte. He, he lost his, he, and he and he just didn't. I don't think he liked how the new, you know, because um, they Lefleur. got a new GM in oh yeah, two thousand nineteen. Yeah. yeah, he didn't like how he was running things. You know, same thing that happened when Ted Thompson took over with Brett Favre. Brett didn't like how Ted was running things. It's you know, it's inevitable. <laughs> Time yeah. is a flat circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. Um, um, how how you feeling this? Do you feel like this year is a weird? Because because what happened is over the last couple of years, I really fell out of watching football. I really kind yeah. of um found myself not not finding it as enjoyable as I had in the past. Um, yeah. and I told myself, all right, you know, this year I'm gonna watch, and it seems like this year is a really weird year of football. It's it is weird. Um, there's a lot of really young players. Like there's a uh, yeah, there is, and and that is a weird thing too. Is you know, as I'm getting older and my life is getting busier, I don't keep up with who all the new players are. <laughs> so like you know, unless except for like the quarterbacks and maybe a wide receiver here or there, but for right. the most part, yeah, it's it's getting harder to do that. Um. Most of what I'm seeing is pretty predictable. There's a cup. There's always a couple teams that you expect to be great that fall off, and another couple teams that you expect to be bad or okay that end up starting off hot. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. No it's, kidding. That's one thing that I do like about the NFL is the parity. There's almost always one team that misses the playoffs one year or is, finishes last in their division and makes the playoffs the next year. Right. Like yep. it can happen fast. Other than the Bears. Other than the Bears, although they just trounced whoever they Washington. Yeah. Okay. So they have I mean, one win this season. Oh, so. oh, oh! I know that they're it's a it's a garbage fired organization from top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. I yeah. here here's the thing that I am that that is disheartening me more and more about. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I've been influenced by Bill Burr on this a little bit. Um. Sure is the prevent defense and yeah. and how you see the it it seems like the prevent defense doesn't prevent anything 
oh no it doesn't and that's but that was that was even true when we were kids watching it in the 90s you know 90s and then in the mid 2000s you know so many times teams would get a lead and they'd back off and they'd play just you know don't give up anything deep but then they lose their edge and aggression you know when you play that well you're giving up 20 yards in field in the end right. to not have a 40 yard ball thrown. Right. And, and so, but it, yeah, it's the prevent defense. I can't it, help it but doesn't. think like, okay, the NFL is an entertainment league. Yes, they're sports, yep. but they're an entertainment league. Totally. And I can't help but think because I, now I don't remember it being like, I don't remember it being this obtuse when we were kids, when we were watching right. football. Like, like ev sometimes they would, and I remember being frustrated mm -hmm. at it, but in the next game, they would just play hard-nosed, on-the-line football all four quarters. They would never yeah. go in. And now, every game I watch, it doesn't matter who the team is. If they're up in the fourth mm -hmm. quarter, there could be eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they're up by 10 points, they're in the prevent defense. Yep. And, you know, I've, I've never been on the NFL is rigged. I've never been on that train. And I know a lot of people are because, like you said, it is an entertainment league. But over the last handful of years, a couple things have been giving me pause. Hmm. The big one is when the NFL officially went in league with and endorsed gambling and fan duel. And all of these other, you know, whatever, however many other ones there are, yeah. all of a sudden, they are official partners. With betting. Official partner and bet with people that betting. And so all of a sudden, you know, it's you're finding teams and, and there's all of a sudden there's more subjective calls for refs to make. Right. That aren't objective. They are to the ref's discretion. And I I am thinking the double like, punt. That just happened. The double punt and Seahawks. The double punt that just happened. Now, I mean, there is some human error that's going to happen with sure. refs, right? But there's there's one thing that ha there's a couple things that happened this year. Just for example, I can't remember what game it was. Um, team was down ten, and they had the ball left with like thirty seconds to go. They're down ten. They're not going to come back and win. There's not enough time. And so then they get a big play. They move down the field. There's like 10 seconds left. And instead of lining up to throw a Hail Mary for maybe a touchdown, they lined up and kicked a field goal as time expired to cut the lead to seven. Which is exactly which what the Las the Vegas odds. Yes, which was the line. Which is what the line was. Seven and a half. And then, yeah. it's And so little things like that happen. You know, it's like, did... It's all speculation, but, you know, did the head coach, you know, say, okay, if you get a chance, we got to, you know, get a call from upstairs, say, okay, you got to kick a field goal because we need to cover the, we need to cover the spread. Yeah. We want, we want to match Vegas. Right. And so. Yeah, it's. It is. Some things are definitely giving me pause and I've been taking the enjoyment out. Another one was the, um, the Chiefs Jets game. Yes. When. I wanted to bring you know, this there specific was, game up It's to like. You. Yeah, when, you know, the Jets fought freaking hard. I found myself rooting for the Jets. Me too. I wanted them to win. Me too. And Patrick Mahomes threw an interception 
ref throws a flag for something that happened before he even threw the pass. He didn't throw it when it happened. He threw it after he got intercepted. Yep. And it's like the optics on that aren't great. No. Like, you know, sometimes you could, if he like tried to, if he tried to grab the flag and he like got stuck or that would be one thing, but he just straight up waited and then, oh, I'll throw the flag now. Got, you know, it's almost like can't let Mahomes lose, especially now that Taylor Swift has been in the building. Right. Isn't that funny also? I honestly don't care. Two rich, attractive people start dating, you know. Um, I think. Did you see? The, did you see that, the memes going around? There, or there. <laughs> I think it was on TikTok. There was a, a video of like, oh, so so Mahomes is dating Taylor Swift now. Um, blah 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 blah. Kelsey, and they go, Travis oh, Kelsey. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Travis Kelsey's dating yeah. Taylor Swift now. And they go, oh yeah, yeah, that should be good. They go, uh, yeah. So how how long did other relationships last? Oh, about <laughs> six months. Oh, uh, wh- wh- when would that put us? Right in December. Oh, but they all split amicably, right? No, it's horrible. He write they she writes songs about him, and it's it seems like this thing that like it you know it could I think Taylor Swift if if they break up in the middle of the season it could single handedly ruin the Chiefs for the rest of the year. I don't know if it will though, man. Because you don't, I, the way I see it, I don't think it will. I don't think it'll ruin the Chiefs. I well, think Kelsey's that, game, maybe just his game. Dude, I mean the way I look at it is this: he's already one of the greatest tight ends we've ever seen he is he's in uh, he's probably top five at this point if yeah in right the nfl right now right or or you mean all time all all i mean all time he's one of the best we've ever seen uh, easily top 10 argument could be made for top five he's won two super bowls all sorts i mean i think that he'll be fine if they split <laughs> i mean would it suck for him yeah probably it, but, but it's it's all you know, I'm coming at it from optics. I'm coming at yeah. it from not from the player on the field up. I'm coming at it from top down fandom sure. look at this thing. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like there are there is like celebrity to do mm-hmm. that in that 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 I don't want to say influences, but definitely doesn't not influence mm-hmm. uh, how popular and how winning a team is. Right. And if the, if it wasn't the Chiefs who were already one of the winning, like they're pretty much in a Chiefs dynasty right now. Yeah. Um, you know, if they weren't already this successful and all of a sudden Taylor Swift starts dating this tight end and they start winning a bunch of games, then yeah, I would be like, hmm, this is odd. But like, right. they're already one of the best teams we've ever seen. And like, she's just bringing in more viewers at this point. People yeah, who had yeah. never, would never watch football any other point, which is valuable to the NFL. They get more ad revenue that way. More viewers. <laughs> I love seeing, I love seeing all the fucking jokes of, of, ah, oh, Kelsey's really, or Kelsey's really going to blow up now. Now yeah. that he's, now, wait, he's a Super Bowl fu- or or you know, I, yeah. Taylor Swift's really going to blow up now. Now that she's dating Travis Kelsey, <laughs> I've been talking about this with one of my coworkers, 
And if I'm being objective and looking at it, the only one that has anything to gain from this is Travis Kelsey. Because, yes, he is absolutely a rock star in football circles. Yep. He has a few endorsements that are on nationwide commercials. Right. But Taylor Swift's the biggest star on the planet right now. Yep. Her Eras Tour is going to bring in billions of dollars. And it's disgusting. You know, it's not, not, I don't think that's going to be billions in profit for her, but it will generate billions from this worldwide tour. She, she went to LA for three days and changed the economy of LA. Yeah. In three days. You know, and it's, what's funny is so many people, I've, I've seen like stand-up comedians, like there's this guy, Andrew Schultz, you know who Andrew oh, Schultz I'm, is? Oh, I'm very aware of fucking Schultz. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, he was talking about it, and he was this, he said, you know, he was this total Swifty denier, like he, Taylor Swift ain't shit. Then he went and saw it, like, with his girlfriend or something, and he's like, no, she's legit, like, as a stage performer. And, you know, so it's, you know, she's, yeah, her dating Taylor, or Travis Kelsey isn't raising her profile. No, 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 no. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I, I want, you know, full, I am a Taylor Swift fan. Yeah, I am her. I am a fan of hers. I, mm-hmm. Her her couple last couple albums were actually really good. <clears throat> you know, and one thing that Taylor Swift had well forever, just, just despite whatever music she makes, she'll forever have my respect for is her telling uh, the record labels, "Fuck you for not giving me my masters. I'm re-recording my music." And all my fans are going to listen to mine and not yours. Taylor's versions. Yep. Taylor's versions. And now she is in a very rare position of power to do that. Most bands and musicians couldn't do that. They wouldn't no. have the clout, but she does and she's using it. So yeah. more power to her. I And not only genuine that, respect. not only that, but what she's doing to get young millennials and Gen Z kids registering to vote. Oh, totally. 100%. Yeah. You know, her, her, outsp- her, her outspokenness uh, against Trump and his fucking cronies and like, hey, if, if oh, you're yeah. going to, you know, if you're going to use your power for that, that's cool. Um, yep. I would like to see, you know, this is just me as a humanist. Mm-hmm. I would love to see her become a humanitarian. Oh, that would be great. With And like actually put her money where her mouth is. And and. This brings up a whole different topic, which we could go into if we want to. But I, you know, it's especially since the pandemic happened and so many people were hit hard, hard, you yeah. know, and basically every single billionaire. This is this is the stance is that every single billionaire is an immoral person. I agree. Every single one. I agree. There's not one, no matter what they did to get. Yep, because you don't get to a billion dollars without hard work alone. No, you have to fuck over small people to get there. You have to fuck over people and you, I mean, a lot of luck. Yeah. And you have to you know, take advantage. Not maybe not fuck yep. over, but you have to be taking advantage of the people on the bottom to get to that, that level. Yep. There is totally. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, here, here's an interesting fact. Yeah. Did you know that there are. That that there are thirty percent 
more churches than there are homeless children in the United States. I didn't know that the number was at 30, but that doesn't surprise me. 70% of churches, if you took 70% of of the churches in the United States, Mm -hmm. and each one of them adopted, fostered one child, it would end child homelessness and hunger in the United States. It would only take 70% of the churches. Oh, yeah. Now... You know, I, Taylor I, Swift has I, more money than every one of them. Yeah. By herself. You know, and, yeah. I saw this um, this one thing. I think it was like a couple years ago, a handful of years ago. Pretty sure it was, I think it was Elon. Elon Musk went to the UN and, you know, what would it, how much would it cost to end world, like, I can't remember if it was world hunger or poverty in the United States. I can't remember what it was. But it was a number that was significantly lower than you would think. I think it was like $20 billion or something like that. Yeah. I think I, Some I can't number. remember. Like, I have to look it up. It's probably higher now with, like all the of the inf- is, with, every, yeah. with inflation. But Yeah. But it was like, you know, if all of the collective billionaires in the United States alone combined, you know, got together and said, okay, let's each take out. 20% of percent. Oh, 5%. Yeah. yeah. Five, five to 10% of our total wealth and combined it, we could end it for good. Yeah. And they wake up every day and choose to not do that. Correct. You know, it'd be like if me and you said, Hey, you know, if you donate your car, if you and you can get there's like 750 billionaires in the United States or something. Yep. If you can get 750 people to donate your cars, you will end poverty in America forever. And oh. you can get another car when you're done. Yeah. You, I mean, how many people wouldn't do that? I would have no car right now. Right. Like it's not even exactly. a question. I have public transportation. No. I have a bus to ride. I don't need a car. Exactly. It's a. It's. Yeah. It's. An, yeah, it's it, it is it's 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 disheartening, and mm-hmm. um, I I I I can't understand how people can look at a billionaire and all and only see a goal for them to achieve, right? Like, because pe- most people don't. Okay, I don't want to say most, but a lot of people don't have a concept on how much a billion actually hey, is. Hey, 51 percent is most. Yeah, I, I'm fine with true. saying most. I'm fine yeah. with okay, saying most. most. Yeah, yeah, no, they don't. No, they, they don't have they don't have an idea. Um, they don't you know it, it is yeah it's abhorrent behavior that yeah. uh, is only getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. I mean it's it's completely it's not getting better. Nope. It's not getting better. And one of, you know, it's, yeah, it's, and so at what point, you know, do you let apathy set in? Because, you know, it's really hard because it's like, you know, me and you and just your average everyday person that if we miss two paychecks, we're fucked. Yep. Yeah. Two paychecks. We're fucked. You know, or one bad medical accident or one bad medical accident. Severe medical accident. Yeah. You know, it's. At what point do you say, okay, I know this is really important, big stuff that's affecting everybody, but if I have, I can't 
not focus on my life? Like what, what point, you know, it's. Well, yeah, I, I don't, he, here's the thing that I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an either or in that situation. I it's think, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't think that anything dictates you have to focus on yourself and forget about humanitarianism. Right. Like it, it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it mm-hmm. just, it, it, it's it's wild, and, to uh, me. and maybe that was a little unfair of me to present it as a dichotomy. But like, no, I I, I get you what know. you were saying. I get. I I knew that yeah. you weren't meaning it that way. I was just elucidating yeah. for listeners who maybe have not mm-hmm. picked up on. Uh, you know, we think our brains work <laughs> inside yeah. baseball. So, um, I right. you know, and uh, going back to that 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 stat I read before, or yeah. I, I was I was, it, it may be off, but I, I'm pretty sure it was 70%. If 70% of churches adopted a kid or fostered a kid, all child hunger and homelessness would be solved. In the same right. in the same metric, mm-hmm. if every church sponsored 1.6 adults, all adult homelessness in the United States mm-hmm. would be ended. Yep. Yeah. That's all it would take. And and yep. you're telling me that that uh, that every parishioner in every church, between every one of them, whether it's a yep. fifty per parishioner church or a ten thousand person, fifty thousand person mega church, right? Couldn't Joel come Osteen together, shit. couldn't come together and make take one person off the street, right? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's yeah. it is it it it's it's it. It that is literally the thing that keeps me up at night. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. It is. Um, there's another. Oh, and another one that keeps me. They they really grinds my gears is school lunches and the <sighs> fact that there is school lunch debt for elementary school kids. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's the dumbest thing. And it's gotten to the point where they will, they will literally go to if the kid gets a lunch and they have a they have a negative balance, they will take the kid's lunch from them in the lunchroom. Like there's news stories of this, and I'm not I'm not just making it up. No, for no, no, it, no, it, it's it's absolutely it's, real. Yeah, and it's you know you have one group of people, you know that's that would rather feed, make sure that. A hundred kids got free school lunches, even if one didn't need it. Right. Versus, and then you have the other group that I would rather let a hundred kids not get free lunches, even if one of them needs it mm-hmm. to make sure that the, or, or, or because one doesn't need it, excuse me, because one doesn't need it. None of them get it. And then the other one says one needs it. So they all get it. Yeah. Like, and it's, yeah, it, you know, it comes down to, if you have, you know, this is what I tell my kids about being about fairness. You know, if you're going to cu- imagine a cake and you're going to cut up the cake to serve everybody, cut the pieces of cake like you get the last piece, like you get to choose last. You don't get the first piece. You get the last piece. You always. How would you do it? You always yeah. choose last. And and, right. and 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 that's something I enact in 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 how like. We, we, I love one of my favorite things to do is invite friends over and cook for them. Yep. I'm not rich. I, yeah. but if I can take part of my absolutely hard earned money and know that I have other friends who they could feed themselves that night, but if I could do it right. for them. Yeah. And 
I will sit there and I will I will cook all day and I will prep all this stuff and people will come over and I will lay out a buffet of food for people to eat and I will start cleaning before I even take my own food. Oh yeah. And people go, "Hey man, get in here and eat." And it's like, "No, you eat." Yeah. Like I made this for you to eat. Yeah. I can I can go I'm inside and make myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like right. this is this is for me to give. Yeah. Not not for me to eat and go like praise myself at my own c- cooking or or like right. it's 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 wild to me. You know, I'll never forget. I'm going to uh, give a shout out to our mutual friend Jake Stutzman. Jakers. Cuz this this is a core memory and I've seen actually on TikTok a lot of people echo this like this is a big point for people in friendship when you know you like you have a you're hanging out with a friend and you go to mcdonald's and says hey man are you hungry and he's like no man i don't have any money like, i didn't ask if you had money i asked if you were hungry yes jake did that for me one time we were hanging out and uh, i think it was when i was between like i just got let go from the music box and i hadn't got a new job yet we were hanging out and like that's a core memory it's like that and then you pay, you know, pay that forward, that feeling. It's, you know. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's not not goal. enough fucking people have seen the movie. Right. Like, not enough fucking people have seen Pay It Forward. It's a good movie. It Great is. flick. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's just a shame that Kevin Spacey is so good in it. <laughs> a, man, he was the one of my favorite actors. Yeah, I know. He shit. really was. And it's like. There's a, you know, I think everybody does this to an extent, whether they want to admit it or not. There's a, there is a point of separating the art from the artist. Right? I, you have Every, to. I think you, you have, have to. You have to, to, you know, and uh, I've, I think I've crossed that point with Kevin Spacey. Oh, you can't I watch his he, stuff anymore? It's hard for me to. I mean, yeah. like, if I want to turn on like seven, you know, he, he's, he comes in at the end of the movie, so I feel a little better about it, you know. But like, it's it's hard for me to watch. Yeah, I Kevin Spacey stuff now. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I totally get that. Like, you know, um, um, oh come on, um, uh, oh God, what was the <sighs> the Kevin the Kev, the Spacey movie? Uh, Stephen Baldwin. Us- yeah. Usual suspects. Usual suspects. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That was just one of my favorite movies for so long. Oh yeah. And and I. And it still is because of the devices of the f- the storytelling, right? Right. And right. and like, I I just I almost have to pretend that that's not him in it. I know. Yeah. You know? K-Pax, man. K-Pax. Oh, K-Pax. Phenomenal movie. Phenomenal movie. I know. I know. So wild. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it 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 really grinds grinds some gears in that as well. You know, there's quite a few Now, now luckily there's a bunch of those artists that I was never a fan of and I can just toss them out, you know. Oh yeah. And, totally. and, and it just Okay, yeah, they're oh, they're trash. Okay. All right. Cool. Turns out they're a big piece of shit. All right. Like one that was easy for me was uh, Marilyn Manson. Yeah. You know, um, there's now I'm not going to lie. There were a, a handful of his songs that I would that I that I love. I mean, how could you not 
get down to beautiful people. Right? That how could you of not? Of course, do it? of course. It, that was the that dude. That that song was a staple of our childhood. Oh, completely. Yeah, you know, and it's and the music video and everything when he's up on the stilts. But then it's like, oh, it turns out that he is a piece of human garbage that yeah. does horrible stuff to people. And oh, okay, I'll let him go. Yep, it's fine. Yep, and, no worries. And and I don't miss not listening to the beautiful people anymore. I no. I, I can't remember the last time I actually heard that song. I listened to it. It came on. Um, I was driving around, and I I have I think I still had it on like a metal playlist that I have, and we're listening to to music in the car with my kids. And that came on, and I was like, "Oh, okay. I'll, this one's not bad. I'll let it go." Yeah, and yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, that was... I, that guitar riff is still just crushing. Know. It's it's fun to play, you know. Oh, <laughs> so dude, I'll sit there. So, so good. Yeah, always. Yeah, you know. Okay, I want I want I want to pivot a little bit. Sure. So this this is we're I want to get in a little science talk with you. Ooh, yeah, let's do it. So, so uh, it is Nobel time. Nobel prizes okay. were just given out, and okay. and there was a Nobel prize uh, in chem. Oh, I have two. Okay, so the okay. three there there was Nobel prize in in chemistry, Nobel mm-hmm. prize in physics, and Nobel prize in medicine. Right. So the Nobel right. prize in medicine went to the team for the mRNA, mRNA vaccines around COVID. Des- deservedly so. A hundred percent. Uh, the Nobel Prize in Chemistry is absolutely fascinating, and then I'll get to the I Nobel Prize. I'll get to the Nobel Prize in Physics last because it's my favorite. Because sure. I'm a physics guy, but yep. the Nobel. Me too. W- what makes something colorful? Like what? So, what? What imbues an object with color? So I know I've read about this, and I don't have it down to the real answer, but I know it has to do with the um, the wavelengths that are reflected back to us from that object, right? The, the, the light hits it, certain wavelengths are absorbed, certain ones are hit back. And yes. it's not a constant thing because depending on which, you know, that's why different things will look like different colors under different colored lights when it's in sunlight versus if you walk into, that's why black lights, that's why stuff glows in black lights. So Correct. I know that it's when whatever wavelengths now, yeah, are are bounce back to our eyes when light hits it. Yes, yes. So, so, why, so also why when it's in the dark you can't see what color it is. Right. The same reason a, a hat is red or plants are green or our skin is the color it is is because that is the frequency of wavelength that is not absorbed by the object. Right. It is the, now the but what is the the thing that in that object that absorbs those wavelengths and not others, I have no idea. Right. I haven't so, gotten that far down. Right. So Did they this, find it out? This is where this Nobel Prize is given to. So mm-hmm. so they were th- there has been a, a, a long a, you know, this has been a long study of chromatism chromaticism or whatever they call it. Um mm-hmm. and so have you heard of the expression quantum dots? I've heard it, but I've not looked into it at all. So, so when so when you get down, me. yes. So so on the macro scale, this is exactly right. It is just wavelengths and light is a is they call it wavelengths because it is literally a length of the wave before it repeats itself, and all different colors of light 
are different wavelengths. Red are really long, right. blue are really short, right? And so, right. And so, these and we can only see a small fraction of what it is. Such without, a small fraction. Yeah. So yeah. So these scientists, uh, chemists, were have been doing studies on going smaller and smaller, and it started actually like in the eighties with a Russian scientist who was amazed by colored glass. Okay. Because, and then in doing tests with colored glass, because glass can be uniform in its property, but getting down to smaller and smaller parts of the glass, they were like, like microscopic parts, right? Yeah. They still are colorful at those sizes. It it is, it it is kind of turtles all the way down until you get Mm -hmm. to a small enough point. And this is on the quantum scale. And, this guy found it found, and he didn't understand why, but he discovered that on in very, very, very small pieces of matter, mm-hmm. quantum-sized matter, you could have a, mo- a a molecule and whatever it is. I you know I don't yep. obviously know the terminology that they use. Um, that the same thing, depending on position would be a different color. Hmm. It and and so this arose this big thing and then they then they discovered and came up with the term quantum dots. And I'm I'm hoping I'm really getting this right cuz I literally heard about it today. Um Yeah. And um and oh, and if anybody wants a really good primer on this, a Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, it's a wonderful podcast. Um they they covered it in in brilliant depth today. Um mm-hmm. They they discovered that when you when you get down to the small scale and you alter the position of an object to because c- it's not symmetrical all the way around, right? When you change the size of it, you change. Of of any chemical of any chemical object, you could pick oxygen. You could pick nitrogen on the periodic table. Yeah, you could pick yeah, any sure. anything. When you right. change the size of it in relation to the direction light is heading, it then only absorbs the wavelength of light proportional to the length of the object. Okay. So if you wow. have if you have a molecule that's long. It'll absorb mm-hmm. a long wavelength, but as soon right. as you change the that relational size, yeah. it no it, it now will only absorb the light or reflect back the light mm-hmm. proportional to the length of the object that the light is hitting. Whoa! And so the way it was described, this this knowledge added a mm-hmm. third dimension to the periodic table. Okay. The periodic table is two dimensions. It's up and down mm-hmm. and across. Weight. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Now it stacks out. What? Now there is a third dimension to the periodic table. And it has to do no. with how they produce color. Interesting. And so they call this quantum dots. 
And these mm-hmm. quantum dots, they can manipulate to give color wow. by manipulating at the quantum level the particles mm-hmm. interacting with light. Now, here's the mind-blowing thing, everybody. Ev- anytime you look at an OLED screen, mm-hmm. you, are wa- you, are, you are directly interacting with quantum dot technology. Any OLED screen, they are manipulating stuff on the quantum level to give you the colors. That's so crazy. <laughs> that I okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look this up because yes, this is it, uh... it, they just gave out the Nobel Prize for it in chemistry this year. There's plenty of stuff out there on it. It is it, it is fucking. Just mind blowing to me. That that is mind blowing. That's absolutely. I'm gonna have to take some time to wrap my mind around that one. All right. So that's that's really cool. Right. Right. Yeah. And so that was the one that I heard because the real reason I went and listened to this episode. Oh, sorry. The real reason I went and listened to this episode because I knew because every year when Nobel prizes come out, they cover all the Nobel prizes, and the one that piqued my interest was the Nobel Prize in Physics. Yeah. So, are you, um, have you heard of, well, obviously, you know, like, seconds can be devised down into nanoseconds and femtoseconds and all of this stuff, right? And so, so we've, for a long time, Mm -hmm. been able to observe things happening at the femtosecond scale. It is a, it is a thousandth of a billionth scale. Of a second, a thousandth of a billionth of a second. Right. Incredibly short time. But electrons happen at the attosecond scale. Electrons. Okay. uh, Heisenberg Mm -hmm. had famously said that we will never be able to view electrons because we will never be able to see at the attosecond scale. He knew femtosecond at his time was possible. Right. So, so with femtoseconds, we can look at atoms. We right. can see atoms behaving, but mm-hmm. we can't see the electrons in that atom. Right. We can see the nucleus, mm-hmm. and we can see the actions in the nucleus at the femtosecond scale. Attoseconds. Here's the reason attoseconds are so hard, everybody. And this is oh, this is oh. If I if I may, I think I heard about this. There have been, if, correct me if I'm wrong, there are more attoseconds in one second than there have been seconds in all of the universe's existence. Correct. Isn't that, isn't that it? Yeah. Yes. So an attosecond is a billionth of a billionth of a second. Now, there are 31,560,000 seconds in one year, and we have been around 13.8 billion years so times 13.8 billion times 31.5 million and that's how many seconds the universe is it's a really big number and huge we can't comprehend it no no and there are more attoseconds in one second than there have been seconds you're absolutely correct with that thank you tiktok for that right um yep that's where i saw it yep and um and so the, this is all done with laser pulses. So they are now able to pulse a laser at 250 attoseconds. 
on off. Wow. At 250 that, atto seconds. That's that's nothing. It, that's nothing. No. No, it's no. it's 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 it, it there is I mean, it's it's it is like hearkening back to when the first the first movie of the horse was ever taken when they were trying to figure out if all yeah. four feet came off the ground and they had to mm-hmm. make new cameras and new technology just to photograph a horse running because it was right. too fast for any technology before it <laughs> a horse yeah right <laughs> and and now we're looking at electrons Studying movement of electrons at 250 attoseconds. That's, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's practically indistinguishable from not happening at all. Correct. It's so quick. Yeah. Correct. And so, at least, so, at least from our perspective. Yeah. And so, and so they've been, they've been working, you know, femtosecond lasers have been around for decades. And apparently, this attosecond technology this attosecond laser technology has also been around quite a long time but it is yeah. it has it is just the refinement of it and the proof of concept of it that is new today so this team who've been researching this and and working in this field forever have now been it's a team of 3 have been given a mm-hmm. nobel prize for this thing for not only being able to pulse a laser that fast, but measure electrons, measure the speed of electrons at the attosecond scale. The coolest thing about it for me that blew my mind, and it's disgusting, mm-hmm. it's disgusting in the large scale, but it's amazing in the moment, is that one of the team of the three people who got it was a female by the name of, oh God. Oh God, I had it in my head. It's, it's, uh, it's, I, I can't remember her name. Forgive me. Um, but she is only the fifth woman in history to receive a Nobel Prize in physics. Wow. Of all physics that's ever been done and every Nobel Prize that's ever been given out, only the fifth woman in history. Now, she is not the fifth woman to be working in physics. Nor, oh, no. nor on the technology that every other Nobel Prize has been given for. Mm-hmm. But she's only the fifth woman ever recognized by yeah. physics, by the body That's of gross. physics. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and apparent, and and she's a teacher. She's a physics teacher, and apparently she was she was in middle of lecture. As as the adage goes, the story of her goes, mm-hmm. she was in the middle of her lesson teaching this class. And her phone started ringing off the hook and kept ringing and kept ringing and she was ignoring it and it would not stop ringing. And so finally she paused the class, walked over, picked up the phone and on the other end was Nobel, was was Sweden going, hey, you've just been given the Nobel Prize in physics for this thing. And she goes, (laughs) oh, thanks. And hung up and went back to finish her class. Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. And That's and it. and she said, "Yeah, the last twenty minutes of the class were kind of hard to focus." <laughs> that was, yeah, you know, I bet. But yeah. just to think that now we are at a place where where our 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 technology and our grasp of such small caliber, small fine minute mm-hmm. that events people yeah. are thinking and measuring. At a billionth, at a 250 
of a billionth of a billionth of a second. Wow. That's yeah. I mean, I mean, what it really is, it's like it's like saying, oh, if our macroscopic view is 13.8 billion years. Yep. We're measuring 250 seconds. Right. Yeah. Just. Yeah. But it's smaller than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even smaller than that. For sure. Wow. It's going to. It's funny. Uh, oh yeah it's it's you know did you get into this whole thing that happened was i guess a couple weeks ago a month ago whatever it's asking men how often they think about the roman empire you hear about that of course beth came and asked me yeah yeah so what was your answer is oh well i mean so i think about history quite a lot yes i quit but specifically the roman empire itself i mean my thoughts might drift to it once every month at most frequent, unless I'm like watching Gladiator or something. Right. But it's um, usually a relation to the parallels between the fall of the Roman Empire and, and the United States. That's usually the extent of it. Well, you, but, you know, I, I don't here, – here's the thing. Mm-hmm. This, the hot take. The Roman Empire never fell. Elaborate. Um, the government of it might have disbanded, yep. but where'd all the wealth of oh, the yeah. Roman Empire go? Right. You know where? Hmm. The Vatican. Oh, sure. The Vatican. Absolutely. That makes The sense. Vatican yeah. is 2,000 years of continuation of the Roman Empire. It never quit. It, it never just, yeah. quit. It just changed its it it just changed what it looked like. Yeah. It became right. the Catholic Church. Yeah. And now I guess, you know, even though it's yeah, it's no longer the the governing body of these different countries, it's still Oh, but yes it is, because the Pope governs yes, all is. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean like okay, so I guess if if you're looking at all these other countries that like extend into the Middle East that used sure. to be under the sure. Roman Empire. Sure. You know, the it doesn't, you know, they're not run by the Catholic Church anymore, no, no. even though they might have a, n- a high number of Catholics. Right. The governments are not right. run by, yeah. They're yeah. not so, Roman. But, but I'm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting thing. Same thing, anyway. same thing when the British Empire fell. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it just turned into a bank. So, oh, yeah. all you countries now, yeah, you can have your land back, but your money, we're, we're going to hold it in our bank. You know, and it's, but anyway, but what I was getting to that, yeah, about sorry. that is the thing that is technically my quote, my Roman Empire is like astrophysics and space and the universe. That is, I think about that literally every day. Yeah. Think yeah. about thinking about different, ast- you know, that's been my, I've been on a kick for that for the last handful of years, learning new, new, uh, new concepts, still struggling to understand different concepts absolutely um but it's that that's where my mind goes all the time and it's hard not to think in terms of that for me like for instance when i was down in um down in colorado visiting britain in mercedes when sam and i were we went to this place oh i can't remember what it was called it's um something gardens it's this um this place where these millions year old rock formations I can't remember what it's called. 
millions of years old, right? Or yeah. at least at least hundreds of thousands of years old. These giant rock formations have been there. Yep. But then, like you know, at how long of a time that is? But then I. But then immediately, my mind went to okay. Well, the Earth is what four point eight billion. Four point. Oh yeah, yeah. Three point eight universe or solar systems. Four point six. Yeah. Yeah. Third. So the Earth's around three three point eight to four billion. Yep. You know. And like, what's what's three hundred and fifty million years? It's nothing. nothing. It's not even no. And and, and it's funny because like my mind just kept going to that. You know, it's like some of these rocks that were you know that rock formations and stuff were there were unearthed. You know, when like what rivers receded or whatever, when the dinosaurs were here. Yeah, and they're still there now. Obviously, really eroded and whatever, but. And it's like, but that, that's that's nothing, man. Because that's just where my mind has been lately. Just thinking about age of the universe and especially with all the new, uh, you know, all with the uh, the new telescope. Its name is Escape. Oh, um, um, the James Webb. Yeah, James Webb. Yeah. And it's oh, with all the new things we're finding out with that. That's where that's where my mind goes all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I The only thing, you know, I, I probably... I don't necessarily directly think of the Roman Empire every day, but mm-hmm. the things that I do think about always tie to them for innovation. Um, yeah. For me, it's concrete. Oh, sure. Oh, Roman concrete? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, oh, yeah, please, please. If you need to take a break, yeah. Yeah, yeah. hold on. Just yeah, not, a not a problem. All right, I'm back. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I think about concrete because I've, there is so much concrete on the planet. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's so much concrete we're running out of sand. Yeah. Did you know that? That I've, the earth is I've running out of sand? Which is, and that's like almost, it seems impossible that we would be running out. There's so much coastline and beaches and with all the sand. But it's not the right sand. Deserts. But right. it has to oh, be high. Sure. It has to be high in silicate. It ha- It has mm-hmm. to have properties, and the properties that we, the sand that we use to make concrete, we're running out of. Now that's crazy. Our concrete today only lasts about fifty or sixty years. Yeah. Before we have to redo it. Yeah. There are, there are aqueducts, and piers that the Romans poured. Mm-hmm. 2,500 years ago. And not only did they pour those piers, but they poured them directly into water. That's, that's what I've heard. And yeah, they, they, they built, they, 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 they took wet concrete and just poured it into the ocean. And once it touched the water, it got harder than it would have if they would have let it dry on land. That's what I've read. Yeah, the, that their method that, and we only just recently kind of figured this out. Why is Roman concrete lasting so much longer and so it's so much stronger than ours? Yeah, and that's why. Yeah, well, it's because they used volcanic ash, and it was specifically volcanic ash from oh god, which mountain? Uh, which Probably volca- Vesuvius. Right? Um, Yes, but there was another. Close to there? Yeah, yeah, no. It, it, it they they mm-hmm. got a lot of ash from from Vesuvius, obviously. But there was another. There was another volcano too, where um, that would erupt regularly, and it mm-hmm. would, and not lava flows, ash clouds, and they would 
capture that ash to make their concrete. And it was something, okay. and it was something to do with the, now they didn't understand the chemistry, obviously. You of know, course. Um, but, right. But they just knew that if we use this, it works better. But they did understand it. They just, they couldn't tell you it's because it's this thing called silica. Yeah. But they knew it and they perfected it. And I just, I can't help but like drive around and see cracked sidewalks. Mm-hmm. And someone driving a Tesla yeah. o- over a cracked piece of concrete. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I, it blows my mind that we don't have better concrete. Like it blows you my know, mind that we we just the the most basic things. Yeah, you know, a parking it, garage it, it, should never fail. No, you know, and it's it's one thing for me. It, uh, you know, I I try not to let myself go down and delve into like the conspiracy theory mindset. I because I think it it can be really dangerous to do so. It is, but yeah. it's like you know, but it's like how much of that has to do, you know, with planned obsolescence. Mm. You know, we talk about it with all of our phones and all of our appliances and stuff. You know, they don't make a fridge that lasts like they used to. They don't make cars lack last like our phones. Right. What's to say that doesn't apply to our infrastructure? Yeah. Well. You know? Well, what I think it is is. We, you know, <laughs> I, I think that, um, it's, it's, it's like we got captivated by, 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 by the, 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 the boundary conditions of technology mm-hmm. and especially in, in America, um, the, the, the pursuit of quote unquote excellent excellence. Yeah, you know, being a a leader mm-hmm. in the world or all that stupid shit. American exceptionalism. Exceptionalism. Um, yeah, no. I think it it is it is merely like, hey, I only smile with my front teeth, so I don't need to brush the back ones. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Why care about better concrete? I mean, yeah. It, I don't think they planned for the concrete to fail because they would know if if it failed, then they'd have to rebuild it and there's more money. I just right. think it's it's negligence on the part of not wanting to be exceptional at the fundamentals. Right. You know, and if you look at the Romans, all they did was excel at the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's it's it's all they did. Now, now, granted, there were some people, you know, pushing the boundaries and 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 looking bigger and better, and you know, you you could you could look at like, you know, the the first Roman computer, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Um, that right. this kind of amazing technology, but none mm-hmm. of that fascinates me more than goddamn concrete. Yeah, and just like you said, the most basic thing, and yet today. Like we should, we should be making concrete buildings one time, and they stand for two thousand years, right? Or you know, it's like even uh, like another one that I go to a lot is just like the um, the water in Flint, Michigan. <sighs> the fact that it's still not solved, and it's like, why wasn't that just immediately replaced? When oh wait, these are all lined with lead, 
still poisoning these people. Yeah. And we're and we're just not gonna we're not gonna do it. We're just gonna let it there. Go buy bottled water. We're just right. not gonna worry about it. Like how is that not immediately taken care of? Um it's there's a lot of answers to it's, that. There is. I think it's the law of large numbers. People are horrified at a car crash. Or, or one, you know, five fucking rich people dying in a submarine will captivate everybody. But mm-hmm. the thing that I, I hark, and I, I, I shouted it from the rooftop, rooftops at that exact same time that that stupid submarine thing was happening and, and, and captivating <laughs> yeah. the world. At that exact same uh-huh. time, a boat of 750 immigrants That's was right. caught off the coast and sank. And not one rescue attempt was made for 750 humans. Yep. Five. We, Mm -hmm. we disbanded our entire fucking East Coast Coast Guard and National Guard and rerouted Navy ships and planes flew overhead to look for this fucking sub. Yep. We spent, we spent arguably a billion dollars on attempts to find that sub back by rerouting everything. Mm-hmm. And a ship of 750 people we didn't even care about. You know, I think it, part of that, not that it's a good excuse or a good reason, but it boils down to the monkey sphere, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, these people, these fucking dumbass billionaires that died, millionaires, billionaires that died in that sub came from within our monkey sphere. So we were aware of them. And we naturally have, I mean, it's cold and probably, you know, something we should all work to improve on, but we naturally have more care for those people that are closer to us than people that aren't. Yep. You know, as, and I'm with you a hundred percent, you know, the, the, not the, the fact that most people don't even know about that ship that went down. Right. You know, just goes to show that because there are, they were outsiders coming in. So we don't have the same sympathy extended for them than we do from our own that died, even if it's their own dumbass fault. Well, and, and, and if you wanted to just stop there and go, well, yeah, that's evolutionary. You know, right. when we were hunter gatherer tribes and we were in a community of uh, 80 people, it right. really mattered that we really paid attention to us 80 people, you know? Right. But mm-hmm. that's not the case anymore. Like, it's just, right. it, it can't be the case anymore. And, um, yeah, no, I, I, I completely, no, monkey sphere. That's, that's, that's a really mm-hmm. cool, clever term. I actually hadn't heard it that before. I love that term. And that's a re, that's the, the official term. It's, it's what, I, at least the last that I read. Yeah. Yeah. The monkey sphere. It's, mm-hmm. And, but of course, going back, you know, what modern humans of us, I think they say what word. 200,000 years old? I have maybe, seen, maybe I, three. Yeah, I've seen anywhere between 200 and 300,000 years. Right. That 200, 300,000 years ago, they're the same people that we are. The I, yeah. same. Yeah. You same could, brain, same DNA, same facilities, everything. You know? Yep. And that is, again, geologic time speaking 200,000 years that's nothing that's i mean we're barely at it's george carlin put it we're barely out of the jungle we're yeah. barely out of the jungle on this planet yep and 
you know, also to quote him, you know, evolution is slow. Smallpox is fast. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, well, you know, it's I, 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 I think about this a lot that our our brains, there has not been enough time for the human brain to evolve to not still be afraid of shadows in the yes. dark. Right. Every shadow is a tiger. Still, yeah. our I brains. Actually, this is funny because I was talking with my coworker about that. We talk about shit like this all the time. And, you know, but specifically when it goes relates to like ancient aliens, the ancient <sighs> alien theories, right? And it's it's my opinion and it's my coworker's opinion too that humans have just been or humanoids, human, you know, have just been smarter for longer than we know. Oh, you know, I think, you know, yes. ancient civilizations were way smarter than we're willing to give them credit for. But going back to that, you know, but at the same time, it's like back to early times from our even our more distant ancestors where, yeah, you have to look. We're pattern seekers where we have to look at every shadow. Oh, there's a tiger in there. There's a bear in there. And it saved at that time more lives than it didn't. I yep. think it's fair to say those that were more paranoid about things like that lived longer because they took, you know, more calculated risks, fewer risks. And it doesn't even have to be that much longer, just long enough no. to be able to reproduce. Right. And then those traits get passed on and they're still vibrant in us. You know, it makes absolute sense for us to still be the, the same paranoid pattern seekers. You know, it's, it's hard to shave to sit, shave off. Hundreds of thousands of years of in bred in instinct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have did you did you see the stuff that came up a while ago? Um, about Homo habilis. Have you? You'll have that to sounds, refresh me. Okay, so Homo habilis is, um, it, well, so Homo habilis is a uh, a shorter, obviously, obviously in the Homo genus. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. That they found in this cave system, um, in in Africa, and right. um, they were they they found them deep, deep, deep down in this cave system, and and they and they were small statured humans. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they th their morphology they had um, they they had wide hips, like like mm -hmm. like a. Like our our ape our other ape ancestors, you know they 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 mm -hmm. resemble a lot more like a bonobo type of in hip structure in sure. shoulder breadth, but they had articulating shoulders. They had opposable okay. thumbs. They had a mm -hmm. they their brain size was somewhere between an Australopithecus and um uh um uh Homo sapien. So somewhere okay. in the midst, they had a little maybe a little larger brain than than Australopithecus. Um, mm -hmm. but, but not quite at homo sapien sized brains. Right. Right. Um, and, and so, um, because homo sapiens brains are still smaller than homo erectus brains, homo sapiens, yeah. we, you know, we're not homo sapiens. We, we are, we, we could be, but that is just too generic for the actual classification of modern right. humans. Um, mm -hmm. um, but, and so th they found these things and they're like, oh, wow, this they, they, this looks like a, a perfect transition between, you know, this, this middle ground. And then they yeah. did DNA testing and it turns out 
they were about 250,000 years old. Mm-hmm. Just on the just on the the edge of where we think right we are from. Yeah. And and at the same time there were homo sapiens walking around. Mhm. So you had now they're trying to figure out if it was a later divergent evo- evolutionary chain or if they evolved around the time that Australopithecus evolved and then stopped there. Okay. So it either means that evolution took place way later than we give it credit for, mm-hmm. or this small human group, homo group, mm-hmm. evolved to this point and then survived that way for millions of years. Right. Right? And, and mm-hmm. so they go down in this cave system, and the thing that's remarkable is they were... They buried their dead. Okay. And not only did they bury their dead, but they buried generations of their dead in the same place. So localized graveyards. Bad. In these caves. Yeah. And and then mm-hmm. they started they started discover looking at more and more and more of these the cave system. And I guess, you know, I guess this thing you can look it up. It's a uh, gutsip gibbon if you haven't followed this channel on youtube she is an amazing science she's a she's a um she's a, a primatologist okay. all she does is just study primate evolution Primates. man um mm-hmm. and she is amazing gut sick gibbon i recommend everybody I will definitely i will definitely check her go out. check her out on youtube man it is an amazing channel um and she covered homo habilis in depth on like many 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 episodes and the, the 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 scientists who were who were discovering this and looking at this got down and they were crawling around this cave system and they were sitting there looking around and like you know they're they're lighting with 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 lanterns you know it's it's dark inside yeah. right obviously and mm-hmm. some of these some of these passageways that they had to crawl through to get into these rooms where they buried them mm-hmm. modern humans can't fit through those gaps so okay. not only was were they burying their dead but they were going on arduous maybe non-returnable journeys through these caves to make sure that their dead were safe interesting because if if they if they weren't doing that why would they go through so much work to preserve right. their dead right then in more of the cave system they found out oh there's other passageways and, and i guess this cave system is like 50 or 60 miles long i mean it's just a massive mm-hmm. cave system and right they were in there, and this, one of the scientists was sitting there looking around on the ground. They're looking for signs, and he looks up at the roof, mm-hmm. and there's soot. Oh, wow. So they had fire. They, they had, had fires fire in, those ca- in the caves. In those caves. Wow. And that soot was 250,000 years old, still mm-hmm. on the roofs of the caves. Yep. Then they found hearths. Hearths. Then mm-hmm. they found cooking pits with bones yeah. of other animals that they were cooking and eating meat. They were sleeping in different areas that they cooked. Wow. They ha- they were separating, and so mm-hmm. these are like we 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 we. The assumption was, oh, they were probably about the the brain capacity of an Australopithecus. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we assumed forever that Australopithecus didn't have fire. They didn't. Right. They didn't do. You know, they they were just 
upright walking apes, you know? Right. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that these these homo habilists were uh, communal. They ate together. They hunted together. They slept together. They buried their mm-hmm. dead in communal graveyards. They they cared for one another. Yeah. And they were they would have been inferior hunters. They wouldn't have been out on the plains running and hunting and chasing down stuff. Right. They 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 and this is now now here's where my brain goes and this is speculation from here. This is just like where yeah. where I love to take and turn this and like think of, you know, how it would extrapolate out. It right. is impossible for me to think that Homo sapiens, who had fire at two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. years ago, right, um, didn't know about Homo habilis, right, right, right. I mean, uh, yeah, because of you know, if if we we had to have, I mean, or it's 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 entirely likely that we did, like more likely than not, I would say that that yeah. that some group of African Homo sapiens knew about Homo habilis. Mm-hmm. And it it only makes me ponder either we saw them and we didn't care about them and left them alone mm-hmm. or we saw them and saw something similar and did care about yeah. them right. because we didn't kill them. Yeah. Right. We, they were they were they were. So either enough. they well yeah. and like human evolution from Australopithecus four million years ago. Evolved all the way up the chain to 250,000 years ago, where you have modern humans, basically, you know, 200,000 yeah. years ago, modern humans. Yeah. If, if Homo habilis had evolved along us at the same time, but then stopped evolving as we kept, that means yeah. there's a potential couple million years of us living side by side them as we kept growing and growing and growing and growing and they stayed the same or they were a later genetic offshoot and a later evolution of the same chain mm-hmm. that that evolved behind us right and and and, yeah, and got right. to there we're catching up yeah and either way they were around at the same time as we were mm-hmm. functioning right. like we were living in societies like we were harvesting fire and carrying fire like we were hunting like mm-hmm. we were and they were half our size and half of yeah. our half of our brain case size i don't want to say mm-hmm. half our intelligence but it's it's right. very well reckoned to think that they were and yeah. and they they lived there man and mm-hmm. and like to it's it just it makes me sad for the ages of scientific venture that pushed back the thought of intelligence other than white people for 4,000 years, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. There were, there were many species of homo doing what mm-hmm. we were doing, not just the yeah. one lineage. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. even, and even doing it better in some areas than we did. Right. And then just by pure luck, probably in a lot of, you know, happenstance, we were the ones that made it out. Right. Well, we were the ones that we're the ones that kept going for one reason or another. I I think it's because our brains got bigger. Yeah. Our brains kept growing. Right. And we and we and we evolved reason. 
far, mm-hmm. far, far more astute reason. Because yeah. it, it, it's it's incomprehensible to think they didn't reason. They buried right. their dead in communal graveyards. They they yeah, there had was to pure, reason. There was intent and yeah and reason and pre planned thought. Love. Yeah, yeah. In- they had to have loved each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and then if you extrapolate that back, it it it's hard for me to not look at any ape and not actually then go, oh, of course, there's love there. Yeah, like not just not just kin selection, right? But love. but but love. You know, you look at some of the other social uh, animals on this planet. My favorite animals are elephants. Oh, elephants are wonderful, amazing, and there is real love. You know, they have, you know, the, there's real love and remembrance for people. For I remember, I'll never forget. There's I was watching this. One yeah, not only for other elephants, but for humans. Yeah. Yes, for humans too. Totally. Um, I remember watching this one special about this this elephant that was brought in. You know, it's it was like to this elephant sanctuary. Just like it's, I don't know if its parents were poached or whatever, but probably this baby elephant. Yeah, probably this baby elephant was brought in. Very, very, very young elephant, and there was this old elephant that had been there for years. You know, old timer. Yeah, and they got to know each other for a little bit just for a little bit of time before the old timer passed away. And then years, decades later, now this little baby is a full grown adult, like 30 years later, right? However, I can't remember how long it was, but a long time, decades. And they played an audio recording of the old timer for when she was the baby. And she immediately started looking for it. Yeah. You know, that she knew for maybe a year, maybe decades ago. Right. And she still, oh, wait, where is he? You know, and that level of emotional feeling, you know, and you could tell that she missed him. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, I've seen similar videos of, 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 uh, elephant workers who had, Mm -hmm. who had raised an elephant at, you know, same thing in a sanctuary or something as a baby took care of it, got it nurtured and ready to release into the wild. And then Mm -hmm. the same human saw the elephant 30 years later. And the yeah. elephant remembered the human. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. They're wonderful. They're my. I think they're my favorite creatures right now. They're <sighs> yeah, pretty. It's, it's close. I. I. I think at least as far as land mammals go. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That. That's a beautiful distinction because there are there are some amazingly. Uh, I. I. Yeah. I. Elephants mm-hmm. are probably my favorite. Uh. Of like the. The empathetic land animals, I guess, I guess yeah. of, of, um, mm-hmm. big brain shit. Um, yeah. you know, I've always been a fan of, of falcons, peregrine oh, falcons, yeah. just because of the, the, mm-hmm. just the technical, just, oh man, 200 miles just... an hour dives and, like, oh yeah. Then and, uh, another one that I've gained, you know, like owls are incredible too. Which like, owl? Watch this. Um, just, in general, I've always been a great hor- great horned owl fan. I've always and then like snowy owls, barn oh, owls, snow, you know. snowy owls are my favorite, dude. Yeah, they're pretty cool, you know. But like, I, so there's this one thing I, saw, I originally saw it on YouTube, and then it's also eventually made its rounds to TikTok and stuff too about how they set took all these different birds. They had falcons and a hawk and things like that, and they had these super, super, super high sensitive microphones in a row, and they had the birds fly from one end of the room to the other over these microphones to pick up the noise they made and you know 
then they had a, an owl. I think it was. I think it was a barn owl or it a was a barn owl. The same yep. thing. Barn owl. Yeah. And it was completely silent, like almost inaudible over these, uh, these high sensitive microphones. And just the and when you think about, it, they evolved that way. Yes. You know. Then you wonder at like they're just so efficient. You say hi. Hi. Hi, Gavin. Oh, buddy. Here, let me put headphones on. Yeah, put headphones on him. Say hello. Hi. Hi, Gavin. How are you? Good. Good. Are you excited to go on vacation and come visit? Yeah. Oh, me too. I'm excited to see you, bud. Thank you. Yeah, I love you, man. Love you. <laughs> For good. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. God, I love that kid. Yeah, he's he's so. I just, dude, <laughs> it is you. It is so. He's just he, you, he's, man. He is. He is a clone of me. It's unreal. Uh, you, you, yeah. Even Can't, in his like a lot of his mannerisms and stuff, he does things that I do. Just well, and and it's pro and and it's probably like, like, and it's maybe not mannerisms you do, but mannerisms you did, right? Yeah. Or even even some things I still do. You well, know, like, I mean, yeah, I would just imagine that there are things he does that you go, I don't think he's seen me do that. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. 100%. And, yeah. he, and it's just, it's and there. he does it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just there. No, no, yeah. Yeah. The fact that owls are, are silent flyers is, mm-hmm. you, you know what one fascinates me? What's that? Dragonflies. Okay, I haven't that that's the animal I haven't looked into too much. Dragonflies so. are the most prolific killer of all history. Interesting. Really? Dragonflies. Dragonflies are the most Did you know that dragonflies have a 98% catch rate? Damn. When they hunt That's unheard of. I know. 98% of the time. 98% of the time they catch their prey. In fact, dragonflies are so dangerous in the insect kingdom that mm-hmm. they they sell these metal dragonflies that that really look like a dragonfly. They're made out of metal mm-hmm. and and they're like brooches or pins. You can yeah. um people put them like hang them uh on from like a back patio. You can okay. pin them to your backpack and if you're walking around you will notice a buffer zone where bugs will not go. Wasps, flies, hor- does not matter what it is. If there is a dragonfly in the in the vicinity, you it will find you will find no other flying insects in that That's area. Crazy. So, if mm-hmm. people are hiking around and you're afraid of bees, yeah, buy a dragonfly brooch and pin it to your backpack or pin it to your shoulder. Mm-hmm. And it will think that there's a dragonfly on you and you will never get touched by any bug ever again. That's amazing. Because they are so feared in the insect kingdom. Mm-hmm. And dragonflies have been around. I think dragonflies are the oldest flying insect on the planet. Oh, yeah. They were around with the di- easily Bef- with the dinosaurs. Before for sure. the dinosaurs. Before then. Before then. And oh, yeah. They were about 10 times the size they are now. Oh, yeah. Back when there's when the when the world was when the oxygen was richer and the, everything just grew, could you imagine a, enormous? Could you imagine a two foot long dragonfly? No. 
No, oh, I can't. A, I mean, that's that's terrifying. That's terrifying. You know, two that's, foot. that's yeah, two foot long. That's one thing. Like, um, one of my favorite dinosaur facts. You know, pteranodons. Oh yes. Okay, pteranodons. If they were to stand on the ground, like up, you know, with their wings lacking like front legs on on all fours, they're as tall as giraffes. <laughs> <laughs> that's how fucking big they were dude <sighs> yeah imagine that flying around it, swooping down and grabbing you this it it would literally block out the sun over you it would mm-hmm. it would fly by and it would block out the sun the last thing you would see is a shadow yeah and then that's it now you would pro- now the thing is it probably wasn't silent when it flew so you would hear no. it coming just, I mean, right. dragons, right? Fucking yeah, dragons. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah um, that's that, but that's just to give you a sense of the scale of how big things were. Yeah. 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 No. Giraffes, man. I know. <laughs> Stupid ass giraffes. <laughs> Stupid. They're dumb. They're dumb. They're cool. They're cool animals. I mean, are I they? Just, uh, like, are they? I think so. I mean, I, they're well, interesting, I would say. Okay. Okay. Like, Here, I, you know, and what's you your favorite giraffe fact? Favorite giraffe fact? Yeah, like what makes what makes them like actually cool to you? I think th- I I think okay. So let let me refine my statement, if I may. Okay. I think that they're interesting and fun to look at and watch. Like you ever see two giraffes fight and they're like slapping their necks against each other, and <laughs> butting. Yeah, just like dude, it's, each other. It's so funny because they sit there and they go like, <laughs> oh, they wind <laughs> up, dude. They wind up to do that shit, you know, and like. And then when you go to the zoo and they're just, and they're so enormous in height, right? They're actually pretty slight as far as their frame and their build yeah. compared to their height. Yeah, they're 18 but, feet tall. Right. And then like the, the big, long black tongues, it's, it's, they're interesting. They're fascinating. I, I don't think they're actually that cool. Like they're not on my list of favorite animals, but. The phrenic nerve. This is one of my favorite evolutionary facts. The phrenic nerve is a nerve that runs from our heart or it runs from our, our brain down to our heart and back up to our mouths. Okay. It's called the phrenic nerve. Mm-hmm. Well, giraffes have phrenic nerves too. Okay. But their necks are 10 feet long. Right. So they, yeah. so the routing of our, ner- in, 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 hu- in human bodies is just a short mm-hmm. path. Blunk, blunk. It's just a tiny nerve. Yep. But mm-hmm. evolution is such the case where mammals evolved with phrenic nerves. Mm-hmm. Giraffes are mammals. So they have one. So their nerve is like 30 feet long. Yeah. You know what phrenic nerves are? They cause hiccups. <laughs> That's when you what get, it is. When huh? you get the hiccup, it is an irritation of the phrenic nerve in your throat. Interesting. Okay. And so giraffes have a... They get hiccups. They well, get, yeah, they get hiccups. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's not like they... It's not like evolution worked in a way to optimize. Oh, no. You know, so it, it's... It's, it's, it's whatever... Yeah, the short the shortest cut that works. That's <laughs> the whole thing about evolution. You know, it's... it's Yeah, it's, it's not... Yeah, not what's making it... The whole survival of the fittest thing is kind of a, bis, a misnomer. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's about... What will work? Well, yeah, and it, the, it, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's it. You know the um, 
yeah, exactly. It's it, w- what heritable heritable trait uh, ensures reproduction, and it yeah. and it and it's a a change like the the like the scientific term evolution is just a change in allele frequency over time. Right. That's yeah. all it is. Right. That's all it is. Um, mm-hmm. and it just it it just reinforces me that there was no guiding hand. Right. Because of the giraffe. <laughs> All you have to do is look at the nerve routing of the phrenic nerve in the giraffe and go, oh yeah, that that this wasn't thought. Oh, out. doesn't it like? Yeah, I, actually, no, I, it's ringing some bells. Like, doesn't it actually? It like wraps around, like wraps around their heart. Yeah, yeah, because of just how it happened. Yeah, how they happen to evolve is incredibly inefficient. Yeah, it, no one would design it. It, it has way. to go all the way down their neck, wrap around their heart, and come all the way back up their neck. Hmm. Yeah. But then you have like. The great white shark, which is like the perfectly evolved animal for its environment. Orcas, right? nope. Orcas? Fuck the great white. Well, orcas. Great whites I, are know, okay, great whites are terrified orcas, of orcas. That well, that's true. But I'd say, but but the great whites have been around for longer, right? Unchanged. Yeah. And so it's like you know well, what I mean. Well, have so they? Like, no, I don't. Have they? Oh no, now, no, no! I'm thinking about I'm thinking about alligators. Al- like alligators, al- alligators are they're, they're the oldest unchanged. unchanged. Yeah, yeah. Now, now yeah. I think. I mean, I, there's obviously some slight change. whales. Um. Oh God, what's the what's the G? Uh, um. Oh, God, I can't remember. Not not arthropod, but there, there's some um. Some no, there's. But you're, but you're right about you're right about orcas. They are they are the apex predator of the ocean. One hundred percent. There's nothing they're, that can touch orcas. They are, they are incredible, incredible animals. And the fact that until recently with like orcas ramming like tour boats off the coast of Europe, they don't fuck with humans. No, in fact, historically they, they, speaking, they save them. Yeah, they've been known to, yeah, like guide humans out of like rough waters and shit. And well, dolphins and, do that too, but they're, they're actually related. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, but, and the only reason orcas are doing that is because we're fucking with them. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we we you know they we we started interrupting their migration routes and and, and changing stuff and right. So the and or- I think that one thing like the specific ones that events that I'm thinking of is like it was an area that was really hit hard during COVID and so nobody went into the water for like two years and so all of these orcas came in and they kind of habitated themselves there and then all of a sudden you know they. You know, restrictions were lifted and people started going out and going into the water again. But yeah, we're fucking with their environment so that, hey, wait a minute. You know, this, this ain't so they're ramming into boats and shit. Good for them. Which, hey, honestly, go team orca. I am team orca. Yeah. Orcas, orcas are my favorite ocean animal. Um, that and octopus, the, those two together. Any, 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 uh, cephalopod. Yeah. You know, octopuses, they're, they're incredible. I think my favorite still has to go to the sperm whale. That's still my favorite whale. Yeah. I mean, just by the sheer. I mean, they've won the biggest brains on the planet. Yep, biggest brains on the uh, on are the uh, the sperm whale, and how far down they dive and how they hold their breaths for tens of thousands of feet deep for hours. Yeah, and well, then they look at something like the fucking giant squid, the most terrifying creature we can imagine. <laughs> 20 feet long suckers the size of dinner plates. We've never seen one alive. Humans no, still have seen, never we've seen dead ones washed up on shore. Yeah. We yeah. but we've and we've seen the battle scars on we, 
we've seen some colossal squid alive with some deep sea cameras. We've yeah. seen some pretty big ones, but like the, the, the truly big ones. No, uh, but yeah, sperm whales see those and like, yeah, I'm going to eat that. That's mine. That's dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and it's, so the, 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 the uh, sperm, my, my couple, my favorite sperm whale facts. One, they sleep vertically mm-hmm. in the water with their heads up and their tails down. Yeah. And they just bob <laughs> like a, mm-hmm. like a fucking it hot just, dog yeah. in the water. <laughs> it's really cool to see when you, when they watch, when they catch um, footage of it. And they have, you know, the, the, the oil in their heads. They have these giant oh, yeah. oil reservoirs in their heads that mm-hmm. the oil is, it it enlarges to compress around their brains so mm-hmm. that that they don't over or deoxygenate their brains at the depths oh yeah that's one reason why they can stay down so for so long and go so deep is because and that's why they were hunted and whaled for so much during you know all the times when whaling was was prolific i mean it's because of that it was so valuable they used it for so many things yep but yeah and that the um the noise that they make at those depths, the frequencies are so low, it would kill people. It would like, I can't, you know. I think it's 200 decibels. Yeah. It's so loud. It would. Just their clicks. Just their clicks. Mm -hmm. Those sounds that if, if you're, yeah, a human can't be within, I forget how many feet because that click is so loud. It'll rupture all your internal organs. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's, just incredible man and then it's so many other animals so many animals like that are so much better designed to survive just based on their taxonomy and the, how their bodies are built than we are oh we you know if it weren't for our brains man like oh, i mean luckily if- we, we you know we had endurance on our side with how we we're built to run and we that's that's you know one thing that saved us is we we're persistence hunters yeah, 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 yeah. We can we can outrun any animal on the planet. Any over, animal on the planet. Time. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I mean that's what I mean. We can just out, there's there's not an animal on the planet that can run a marathon, other no. than humans. Right. There's there isn't. You know, we're the only thing. I mean, I mean, fuck. Humans run two hundred miles in a row, ultra marathons. Yeah. You know, people get mm-hmm. out there and run for two hundred miles without stopping. And then that's the crazy thing is like you look back like that people do that for a challenge these days, right? Like most people aren't there. No. But but that was what you had to do back in the hunter gather. If you didn't chase this whatever animal it is, this mammoth, this whatever it is down for 200 miles or longer, you didn't eat. Right. You yeah. know? And so they had to do that. So it's yeah, it's yep. it's just incredible. No, yeah, yeah. If if we just weren't able to manipulate our environment, um, have have the thought process to to do subtle manipulations to our environment, we wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really. And and the other crazy thing is to think that there have been many times where there have been as few as a thousand humans on the planet. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah, many times where. So few humans with bottlenecks. I, I saw this uh, this one talk. I can't remember which scientist it was. It was some. It was one of the big ones. It was like Bill Nye or Neil deGrasse Tyson or Richard Dawkins. It was one of the big one of the big names. And they were talking about how 
the slight variance in human genetic diversity on a genetic level, right? Like you take like there's like a a, a family a, a a troop of chimpanzees. Yep, one troop. And you take one troop of chimpanzees, and you take any two chimps from that troop, there will be more genetic difference between them than any two humans on the planet. Yep. Yep. That's how closely we related are all across the planet. Right. 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 I, I think I got that right. No, it's you something did. you absolutely like did. You absolutely did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You absolutely did. And you can do that with any of the other great ape species, whether it be chimps, gorillas, bonobos, doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 They, there is more genetic diversity in a family, in a troop of them, than there are in any two humans on the planet. That's yeah. incredible. Right. Right. And, and, which which to me one makes complete sense but but at the same time is kind of astounding on the point on, on just the fact that with that knowledge out there mm-hmm. people still want to criticize redheads <laughs> man yeah like oh i know gingers man we're 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 there are less gingers on the planet than any other physical characteristic on the planet Fewer. And, and fewer, thank you. And there are even fewer gingers with blue eyes. Oh yeah, blue we're eye, the, red we're hair, ultimate rarity. We absolutely are, man. And and yet, we're genetically identical, genetic identical to identical to brunettes or yes or anything like any any Asian subculture you can think of, practically identical. Yeah. Yep. Mind blowing. I love it. I this this mm-hmm. this is the stuff that I go to every day. Why oh, why isn't there a oh, TikTok? Yeah. How just how often do you think of genetics? How often right. do you think of astrobiology? Like oh, mm-hmm. every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I um. Oh, I just oh, I just lost my train of thought. But anyway, That's um, cool. the one thing going going back to like astro real quick. Yeah. Like, talking about like the big bang and the expansion mm. of the universe right the thing that i can't i, I think that I, I am still having trouble like i understand that this is like the evidence for this is overwhelming like this is what we see happening but like how the with the expansion of the universe how there is no center because all points in space are expanding from away from each other equally right right it's not like a balloon inflating no it is it no it is it is like a balloon it's inflating. the surface of a balloon the surface of the balloon like if you have a point on this but not not the 3d model of correct because, because balloons inflate from one point yes but how you know because but with the big bang theory with you know cosmic expansion they got they you know came from the single singularity right yeah that's that's the prevailing theory. there's a singularity then it expanded yes how even though if you were to somehow rewind time, eventually it would all coalesce down to one point to the singularity. Yet at the same time, that's not how it's expanding now. Like that, I can't make sense of that. Well, it if like take a the balloon analogy is the way that I've been able to think about this. And if you're to take if you're to take a balloon and it, like like imagine you had an uh like a microscopic balloon, okay? Like mm-hmm. like just just, just atom-sized yeah. balloon. Mm-hmm. And 
you are to blow that balloon up to just any any size that is now visible to the naked eye. Yeah. And you 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 draw dots all the way around the surface of that balloon. And all mm-hmm. you're paying attention to is the surface, not the volume in the middle. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. you keep blowing it up. The dots stay the same size, but the space mm-hmm. between the dots gets farther apart. Right. And if you focus on any one dot, it looks like all the dots are expanding away from that one dot. Correct. But it's like that for every single one. Yep. Yeah. But then, but then, you know, we're still, but it's also, but, the, but, the, but, I mean, that's the analogy that makes the most sense. And I get that part, but then it's not, to my understanding, it's not a co- complete one to one translation to the no. actual expansion because there's volume to the universe. Correct. Correct. And so that's the thing that I, that, like, I understand that that's how it is, but it's how we, yeah, because, because, because from one point, but it's not, but there is well, no be, one point. Well, because we're trying, I think what we try to do is localize phenomena in that sense mm-hmm. when, when you have to, you can't think of a point in space. You have to think of space. Yes. So it's not a yeah, point. Because there, no, there, no, there are no points in space because it's always moving and always expanding. Yes. Yes. And There's so only point relative to us. Yeah, and it's just, it's just the the, it's just time space that is mm-hmm. stretching. Right. But not matter. Yes. Not matter. We're not the, we're not, we're not, it's not the planets that are enlarging. It's, the, yeah, the space. And that's the other thing, like Andromeda coming towards us, right? It's yeah. supposed to be what, five billion years, I think, until yeah, Andromeda some, collides something. with right. the Milky Way. Yep. And that the, the, that the space between the stars and the planets are so vast that they, they predict that virtually no stars or planets will actually collide with each other. Yeah. Yeah, they won't. Almost none. Almost none. Yeah. Yeah, you 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 will have you may have some local gravitational effects in areas that that mm-hmm. that that take single star systems and they find orbits with each other and stuff yeah. like that. But also, it's highly improbable because the speed at which yeah. they're moving toward each other will go so fast by each other that, that the gravitational effects won't mm-hmm. actually change the internal gravity of the galaxy. No. No, like, yeah, for instance, yeah, like our solar system would still be relatively intact. Yeah, we, I mean, well, we're, we're so far out on the edge of our galaxy that if, if the the Andromeda went through on the other side of the galaxy, we wouldn't even know. We might have a cool light show in the sky. We may see just like, you know, like, like you can see the bands of the Milky Way. You know, on on a really good clear night, you may see right. another mm-hmm. band of something like. Right. But yeah, you wouldn't know. Um, no. My my. So the other thing, just talking about astrophysics and astrobiology and all that stuff, um, was my new understanding of the Higgs field. You're okay. aware of the Higgs field, right? I am aware of the Higgs it, field. Yeah. Higgs boson propagates the you know the Higgs field. Um, but do you know why the Higgs field imbues mass to things? No, I haven't gotten that far. All right. This is, this is what's crazy. So Big Bang happens. Everything is incredibly hot and opaque, right? And, and it was very hot and opaque for a pretty short period of time, but, sh- but, you know, very short amount of times after the Big Bang, um, on, on universe 
size. Yeah. Um, yeah. Things cooled down. And what was opaque then became translucent. And you could then mm -hmm. see through space. So all of a sudden, light could propagate. So in this cooling of the cosmic soup, when everything was still very, very, very hot and very dense, um, that is when the Higgs field propagated. And so okay. what the Higgs field is, is imagine a, imagine a glue. Okay. Imagine the Higgs field as like a, a glue medium that is spread out everywhere through the entire universe. And at the early universe, every everything had no mass right and everything photons electrons every single fundamental particle was weightless and they right. they were all traveling at the speed of light mm -hmm. so what what does e equals mc squared tell you energy is equal to the mass times the speed of light squared mm -hmm. so you can rearrange that to go energy and the speed of light squared equals mass Right. So, what the Higgs field did, being a glue, being, being sticky, is the only way I can explain it, that mm -hmm. my mind wraps around it, it mm -hmm. is once things were cooling down and the Higgs field propagated as part of the cooling effect, mm -hmm. the Higgs field is special enough where it only reacted to electrons and protons. Okay. And mm -hmm. what it did was basically reach out and slow down electrons from the speed of light. Mm -hmm. It does, the Higgs field does not interact with photons. Okay. But it interacts with other particles. They were okay. massless, but because right. they slowed down, they had energy and they were moving the speed of light. And once they were slowed down, that energy turned into mass. That's gotcha. why they call the Higgs field the grav, you know, gra the gravity mm -hmm. field or whatever they want to call it. Well, no, it's, it's not that gravity exists and it's not that, el it's not that particles have intrinsic mass. Mm -hmm. They don't. They're just slowed down from the speed of light. And that process imbues them with mass, with mass. because of okay. E equals MC squared. So the only mm -hmm. reason anything exists at all, the only reason electrons have mass, protons have mass, and neutrons have mass, is because the Higgs field slowed them down from the speed of light. Okay. In the early yep. universe. That's the mm -hmm. only reason anything has mass, is because... Glue, yeah, stickiness in the universe. That's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, I, I had this, no this. idea. That's why. That's why things have mass. I figured they mm -hmm. had the in, intrinsic mass or or some right. some fundamental thing. No, no, everything mm -hmm. was massless until it cooled enough for the Higgs field to propagate, like you said. That's and then, so cool. and then it's only sticky to those. Mm -hmm. It's not sticky to, um certain types of bosons it's not right. sticky to obviously photons it's not sticky mm -hmm. to neutron or neutrinos it's not mm -hmm. sticky to any of these things yeah but it's only sticky 
to electrons and wow. neutrons mm-hmm. and protons. I love it. It's so cool. It's, and, and, you know, like, it's that's the kind of stuff that I just sit love thinking about. Yeah, and all and, the time. and if you imagine it like like a wave, right? And and all of these mm-hmm. things are wavy. Well, electrons come in and hit the peaks of the wave of just the tips of the peaks of the wave of the Higgs field. Mm-hmm. And that's why it slowed them down a little bit, but they don't go deeper into the the field. They don't go further into the wave. Okay. Protons are such a way where they hit the wave and the drag coefficient of this wave pulls them further into the wave. So now they spend more time under the peaks. Mm-hmm. So they have more of a wavelength to have to go through. Meaning they spend they more mass because they spend more time restricted by the wi- by the Higgs field. Gotcha. They spend further in the wave. They spend fur- you know, more time in the wave. So they wow. have more mass. Okay, that makes yeah. I never heard it explained that way. That's actually really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. mind blowing. Well, this has been a fabulous conversation, man. It went so it many places has. that I wasn't. You know, I'm like, ah, hey, we'll talk about some TikTok and some football, and now all of a sudden we like solve some world crises, <laughs> and you know, yeah, absolutely, man. Gave advice for if you hate bugs, buy a dragonfly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. Good stuff. Good chatting with you, brother. Oh, this this has always been great. And what, like 18 days? I'll be seeing you, man. Absolutely. Something it's like gonna that. Fly. It's going to fly by. I can't. I can't wait. All right. Well, hey, I'm going to go. It's uh, 1030 here, 930 there. I know you got, uh, you know, bedtime. to take care of. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for giving me some of your time. I'm glad we could finish this up. And Me um, too. And we'll, we'll keep talking, man. Love you. Love you too, man. Have a good night. Have a great night. Asta.